Hey guys, welcome to Cancel This, April 19th, day 102. Glad you're joining us today. I'm Vic Faust alongside Tab of the Hassle, Eric Johnson in route, Scotty Gherkin on the boards, and of course, Lizzie Sparks in our chat room. If you want to jump in, of course, we'd love to hear from you as well. If you got comments, jump in. You can participate in the live portion of this show. Of course, you can catch all of our original content at cancelthisshow.com. You can get all of your viewing platforms as well as your listening platforms right there on cancelthisshow.com. We're ready to rock and roll as we do on this hump day. Happy hump day, April 19th. As we get set, we are packed today. Coming up, In about 15 minutes, we've got one of the best criminal defense attorneys in America, Scott Rosenblum. He will join us, friend of the show. We're going to talk about, as Tabitha likes to say, the stand your ground law. It's a castle doctrine, right, Tabitha? Yes, it is. Got a case out of Kansas City. 84-year-old man shot a teen on his porch. Now he's having to turn himself in. We're going to break that case down, why he's being charged. Then at 8.30, we've got... The Strix, they will be video conferencing in with us this morning. Catch you up on the real estate world and all things going around. Of course, in this country, society, you name it. At 9 o'clock, Scott will let um, the author, speaker, podcasters, 20 years on Wall Street, uh, become a Ukraine-Russia war expert and Trump information. We'll get into all of that at 9. And then if that wasn't enough at 9.30, our marketing director, Alex McCarthy from Raising Sales. He joined us for our AI segment on Friday, which was fantastic. If you haven't seen that yet, uh, we're really trying to lead the way on that AI, the artificial intelligence. Check out that episode as well. You can see that. Then he's going to explain the NFT aspect of things going on. Donald Trump's NFT sold out in record time for millions of dollars. What is NFT? Why should you care? The digital gold explosion. And Web3. Let's not forget Web3. You and it your Web3. It all ties together. I didn't even know that. We're going to learn something today, Tabitha. <laughs> You're going to explain Web3. Okay. We're packed. It is cancelthisshow.com. This wouldn't be possible without your donations that you can make to cancelthisshow.com and our advertising partners. Check them out right now. You've waited, and now it's here. The unveiling of the latest Carol House Lifestyle Collections. I'm Brooke with my sister Amy inviting you to see three football fields of the latest styles. Our new Lifestyle Collections are premium quality furniture made exclusively for us and available only at Carol House. The attention to detail is unmatched and so is the value. Nearly half the price of a typical gallery store. Plus, get free financing, delivery, and in-home design. Carol House, because you like nice things. Kathy O. Big Strick, owner of Experience Real Estate Partners with EXP, has been one of St. Louis, Missouri's highest selling groups for 26 years running. In that time, Kathy and her team have successfully assisted an incredible 4,000 families. So if you're thinking about buying, building, or selling, be sure to put Kathy's group and their experience to work for you, and you can expect to be moved. Just give her a call at 314 276 sold. That's 314 276 7653 or find her online at experience-re.com.
Wenties in the Chesterfield Valley, if you don't know, is a family-owned business that has been around since 1994, serving some of the best chicken wings in town, no joke. Also known for their fresh burgers, pizza, and incredible smoked meat. Top-notch happy hour specials are included, plus live music every Friday and Saturday. Oh yeah, you can also enjoy their spacious heated covered patio. It's Wenties in the Chesterfield Valley, 18,000 Chesterfield Airport Road. As all of you may know, the home of the Cancel This Studio is located at the all-inclusive private jet hangar, Strategic Air Services. Founded in Chesterfield, Missouri, they take pride in offering a meticulous approach to private aviation through services that fully manage your trip from takeoff to landing. Strategic Air Services is more than just storage for your aircraft. They offer state-of-the-art amenities to its members and guests. When you are not traveling, you have the luxury of enjoying their world-class gym, conference rooms, lounges, and so much more. Strategic Air Services offers an unparalleled luxury experience for all things private aviation. If you're looking for a new place to call home for your aircraft, give them a call today at 636-400-7601. Again, that's 636-400-7601 or visit their website at strategicairservices.net. Hey guys, welcome back to CancelThisShow.com. It's time to educate, entertain, learn, you name it. We're going to do it today here on CancelThisShow.com. I'm Vic Faust. we got Tabitha Hassel alongside Scotty Gherkin running the boards. Lizzie Sparks taking all of your messages and, of course, conversing with you. Eric Johnson on his way in. Coming up at 8.15, Scott Rosenblum. Of course, then we got 8.30, the Stricks in the studio. Kathy L. Big Strict with Experience Realty. Also, coming up at 9 o'clock, Scott Willett. Out of the East Coast area, 20 years on Wall Street, we're going to get into the financial industry, uh, what's happening in Ukraine, Russia, why the United States should have no business there in the first place that you're not hearing in the national media or world media for that matter. Plus, coming up at 930, our marketing guru from Raising Sales, Alex McCarthy, will be joining us to talk about NFTs, why you should care, and Donald Trump's record-setting pace in regards to selling it i cannot wait got a lot of it going on we do had uh catch up business here it's a national story we're based out of the st louis area of course monday through friday 8 to 10 a.m central time is when we are live but you can also catch us anytime 24 7 at cancelthisshow.com with that being said we're a national headline show we've got everything when it comes to those national headlines society political interviews and of course cancel culture one of those stories right now kim gardner the uh, circuit attorney in the St. Louis, Missouri area. I was in court yesterday. We'll just put a bow on this for the time being, not jumping into this because it is getting national attention. Had their first hearing regarding a case by the attorney general of Missouri to remove her. Um, basically, they went back and forth, attorneys for both sides. Uh, Kim wasn't there. Uh, Bailey, the attorney general, wasn't there. Attorneys went back and forth, back and forth. This is drama at its highest who can be witnesses? What kind of information can be shown? Um, so what you have right now is a trial date has been set. It was not thrown out. The judge could throw it out in the next week, but I'm telling you, I'm hearing from the attorneys in there that's not going to happen. Of course, Gardner's camp wants it to be thrown out. So we sit back and we wait uh, to see what happens when this, uh, when this trial is supposed to begin and they start hearing witnesses. And in the midst of all of that going on, something that kind of blew my mind yesterday, and I, 
I don't know where this is going to go if it's happening around the country in different spots. We've heard about a proposed state takeover of St. Louis City because it's a disaster. Yes, it is. Kim Gardner's office is a disaster. They would admit it. They have uh, assistant prosecuting attorneys quitting right and left, writing blistering emails about the lack of trust they have in Kim Gardner, how the place is a disaster. They can't get attorneys. Hell, they're having a job fair coming up. I think it's this weekend or next weekend, and it's not even for attorneys. It's for other miscellaneous jobs. No, what attorneys are going to work <laughs> in the circuit attorney's office uh, under Kim Gardner or through all of this catastrophe? Now, once they get a new person in place, that'll be a whole different story. But I know where you're going <clears throat> with what could potentially happen. Well, the state takeover is one thing that's been put out there. And we would have to wait and see if that would be allowed um, through some state senators. But in the meantime, in the St. Louis area, and it's interesting from a, a national perspective, it's because these kind of things could be happening in other cities around America. St. Louis just could be leading the way. Now you have counties, the St. Louis County municipalities, municipalities rather, asking for St. Louis County and St. Louis City to combine. You have the mayors from Bridgeton, Wildwood, Manchester, and Brentwood asking the Missouri legislature to create a regional office to address crime. Can you blame them? Can I, you blame them? I, without on the surface, I'm like, yes. I am St. Not, Louis City needs help. They Chicago need needs help. New York needs help. L.A. needs help. Any more attention put to it seems like it would be a good idea, but I don't know when it comes to the resources what it would look like. Um, and that's the, where you the specifics go. and the details when it comes to those stories. And it comes down to resources because you know what? And this will be happening in other areas of the country. There's no way. That, of course, they will propose this. I am not actually for a city county merger. I'm actually against it. But is that a merger? It, but that is a different story. If they're talking about prosecuting city cases in the county, I would be all for that. And I would believe that could be done separately from an actual city county merger. Yeah. Uh, from we the have to take care of crime. I, well, from the, we saw what happened with the new Chicago mayor, Brandon, whatever his name is. Uh, he failed his first assignment in regards to the looting that took place in regards to, oh, yeah, we're going to let these kids, you know, they're not bad people. They just need a place to hang out. Kathy says Philly needs help. Of course, it's going yes, on all do. around the country. St. Louis kind of the the microcosm of it all right now because you actually have an attorney general with some cojones that's going in. It's not a political stunt. Give me a break. That guy's got better things to do when you have little girls losing their legs from violent offenders who should be locked up but prosecutors didn't show up to court or made pretty plea deals in regards to major 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 cases things happen plea deals happen that's fine but when it's massive situations like we saw and then of course uh, a little girl loses her lives and since then we've seen not one not two but three different cases since andrew bailey filed this quo warranto where you had Prosecutors not even showing up for murder cases in court. But that's and, that, and again, that, and that's not new. They're just we drawing attention him. to it now. And of course, it's become a racial issue. NAACP showing up yesterday for the court hearing, making Imagine their presence that. known. Um, you know, other community activists, uh, a guy in a, I know, Zyke Barute. I actually became friends with Zyke, but um, he's all about Kim. And you no, know, now, why is it that anyone, despite the success on the job, because there has been no success, there's zero been, success, exactly in the so city of St. Louis. Why so would anyway. why would anyone go out and support Kim Gardner, 
knowing you know who you know who all of this crime hurts it hurts the black community the most far more than us in the st louis area and around the community and around the country it hurts the people in the black community there are people who have lived in these communities for years they can't even go out on their front porch without worrying about getting shot their children cannot play in their front yards they have no peace whatsoever you know they have to sleep at night with one eye open thinking at any time bullets can come through their neck. So why is the NAACP and all of these other groups supporting Kim Gardner? It, it makes no sense. It's it a, makes no sense. No, it, it, is it because she's a black prosecutor? Well, of course it is. She's the first black prosecutor in the city of St. Louis. Of so they will protect her at any because cost. She was, because she was elected, they say. Even at the cost of their own lives. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Crazy. A- exactly. I, my mind can't even wrap around it. It really can't. I, I know it's a tough situation. Um, we're dealing with it. We just wanted to hit that. We're not talking about this all day on this that's podcast. Right. We just wanted to set the stage. It's a story that's going to continue to uh, move, shake, who knows, up and down, all around. Uh, it is interesting, though, because the attorney that most recently quit did say yesterday that she has more than 3,000 pages of damning information against the circuit attorney. She's not a Republican. She's a Democrat who lives in the city, who had a great job before she went to go try to help her city, and she is now star witness for Andrew Bailey and the Missouri Attorney General as their case moves forward regarding what's happening with the city of St. Louis. Excellent. Um, this is CancelThisShow.com. I'm Vic Faust, Tab of the Hassle. We appreciate you guys jumping in as we get everybody in today. For those who are just joining the show, as people do, of course, we're live, but we're also uh Live all the time, 24-7 at CancelThisShow.com. Scotty Gherkins here, Lizzie Sparks on the chat line. Eric Johnson coming in, Tab of the Hassle. We never Vic sleep. Faust. We d- I, well, I know you don't. <laughs> By the way, did you buy a lottery ticket? Very fortunate, man. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, Scotty. I should have yesterday, but I was... I had other stuff going on. You're I didn't get by. You had it. too many good things going I was, on I to actually go buy a ticket to get more fortunate. I was playing with my foul ball that I had. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Since we don't have sports betting, you couldn't buy one online either. I know, right? Okay, Tabitha wanted to get into this next story, which we will get into. Um, it, it's such a sad story. Um, you have a Kansas City man, 84 year old man. He's now charged with shooting a black teen, Ralph Yarrow, at his front door. Now, what was interesting when this happened was allegedly Ralph Yarrow was trying to pick up his siblings. Correct. And two brothers. Two brothers when this 84-year-old man um, was afraid, saw him on his porch, and shot him. And in the discrepancy in the case is that the, the shooter, the 84-year-old man, the way he described the situation is that Yarrow got out of his vehicle, he or walked up to the front door, and he was pulling on the door handle, and that's when he fired through the door. Now, Jarl says, who did survive, thankfully, says, well, that, that's not what happened. He walked up to the door. I think he either knocked or rang the doorbell. I don't recall which one. And he said then all of a sudden the guy appeared and shot him in the head. He fell to the ground. The guy shot him again in the arm. And then he got up and ran away. And he said the guy said after him, don't come around here. But to me, it, I would think that an 84-year-old man, he, he knows what, the, what crime is taking place. He knows maybe who in his neighborhood is committing crime. And maybe he was fearful for his life. And in Missouri, we have the stand-your-ground law. 
Well, or known as what? The Castle Doctrine? The Castle Doctrine, doctrine that's correct. Well, okay, he's been charged, 84-year-old man, his 84-year-old man has been charged with first-degree assault in a case like this. Can you remember something like this happening that's gone public nationally? This one's gone, it's gone viral, and it's gone viral pretty quick. It, it has, and you know, they wanted to charge him with a hate crime, but they said the, the two charges, which I don't recall, that they actually did charge him with were worse, were stronger charges than a hate crime. So they were going to leave the hate crime out. How is this a hate crime? Why doesn't a stand your ground law, the Castle Doctrine, apply? Well, it's not It's not a hate crime, and, and we can talk about it, but there's nobody better to talk to than arguably the best criminal defense attorney in America. I call him that because you look at his results. They're amazing. Mr. Scott Rosenblum of Scott. Whoa, Whoa, Scott. Yeah, baby. I love the muscles, Scott. Well, you got me. Yeah. Somebody's been working out. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, thanks for jumping in with us this morning. We know we get you when we possibly can. Um, you're a little bit familiar with this case. You heard our lead in just a little bit as we tried to set it. Your thoughts on what's going on? Well, I mean, it's getting the stand your ground is become a catchphrase. It doesn't necessarily mean you can just shoot randomly. So basically what it means in Missouri is simply this. There's no duty to retreat. And it also applies to uh, a determination as to who the initial aggressor is. For instance, if you're the initial aggressor in a self-defense claim, you can't use you can't use or claim self-defense unless you regain the right to do so because you've withdrawn from the altercation. So generally what what's, what the castle doctrine means is you don't have a duty to retreat. You don't have to run away. However, there's still a component that you have to be, um, you have to be reasonably in fear of death or, or serious bodily injury. Mm. So reasonable determination. So you just can't look at someone and assess a threat based on nothing. Mm. You still have to show or the I mean, it's the burden is still on the state to prove that you did not act in lawful self-defense, but it gets confusing. You still have to show that your actions were reasonable and that you um, uh, there was a reasonable belief that you feared death or serious bodily. First of all, first of all, Scott, you looked all you look all jacked up today. You no one's going to look at your guns. You're going to be going to court on those things. Damn, dog. You look good. Anyway, I, I, I love hearing this, but we're man, dude, we are in a time when we are seeing things on TV like young gang members beating the crap out of middle-aged women, we're seeing things where police are getting hit in the back of the head. I mean, I feel like I feel like you have to almost be offensive to be defensive these days. It's to me, it's like you're always in fear of your life these days down in St. Louis or these metropolitan areas. The castle doctrine is more like, don't mess with my house. But No, it's not. It's about don't mess with your person on your on your personal property. Okay. Well, in that, your home or in your yard. Yeah, I understand that. But can't I go to a judge and say, look, do you understand what's going on in society today? This guy is fearful of his life. He's, he's now approached by two whatever people. One guy. One guy. One, you know. And, one 16-year-old. And he's... Well, just that that's one scenario of a million all of a sudden. Is there any, do the judges in the courtrooms now say, yeah, we're living in a different time? Or are they just like, no, the law is the law? Well, first of all, the Castle Doctrine applies in your home, in your car, a place that you have a lawful right to be. So okay. say, um, that's, that's how the Castle Doctrine applies. With respect to to judges, the judge's determination in, in self-defense cases is the instruction that's going to be used to give to the jury. Hmm. So um, 
after a jury hears a case, if the defense asserts self-defense, and typically you have to do so by having your client testify unless there's some other statement that would apply. But if self-defense applies, then the burden shifts to the state to prove it wasn't it, the, beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant did not act in lawful self-defense. However, um, when you say you live in fear, that fear has to be reasonable. You just can't walk down the street. Have you seen the news lately? I mean, my God, it's crazy. We didn't have this. This was not the era back in 1980 and 1990. You didn't feel in fear of your life. And it's just like socially, don't you think that we have like this decay that makes everybody want to put a little Glock 9 in their back pocket just to stay safe? Not that they're evil people. It's just like if I'm going to go to the blues game, I need to protect myself. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but that's contemplated in a jury instruction. So there's yep. about special matters and what the mindset of the accused or the defendant is, is relevant. However, as again, it has to be reasonable. Mm -hmm. For instance, if this 84-year-old man had seen the 16-year-old boy in his neighborhood previously uh, doing something suspicious or breaking into a car, that could be contemplated. Um, as to whether or not his actions were reasonable or whether or not it was reasonable that he did that he did fear uh, serious bodily injury or death or if he was aware even if <clears throat> even if for instance um, the the neighborhood watch on ring camera started publicizing be on the lookout for young African Americans that are entering homes or breaking into homes that could be contemplated in his mindset mm. but again, the fear, uh, the, the fear has to be reasonable. You can't look across the table at Vic this morning and say, you know what, um, it's dangerous outside. And as, and as Vic reached for, you know, whatever his, his cell phone, take out a gun and shoot him in the head. That's not reasonable. Right. Now, if you and Vic had this altercation in the parking lot and, and, you know, it was a heated altercation and, he threatened you those threats can be taken into account okay and if he reached into his pocket for his cell phone you could reasonably believe that he was going to harm you right. and then so that everything has to be based on some um unreasonableness you just can't look at someone and say because you're living in a dangerous city that you can shoot them it right. just doesn't I think he's going to be convicted, Tabitha. Oh, well, here's the thing, Scott, and, and I know you know, all. The, I'm sure, all the details of the case. Like, I was just explaining to these guys, the discrepancy is, is the 84-year-old shooter, he claims that Jarl, the 16-year-old victim, walked up to his front door and attempted to open the door. I think he knocked or ring the doorbell, started, uh, attempted to pull the door open. And at that time, he fired, I believe it was two shots through the door, one striking him in the head, one in the arm, and then the kid got up and ran. Now, when they asked Jarl, who, of course, did survive, he said, no, that's not true. He rang the door. I think he said he rang the doorbell a couple times and was just standing there and never attempted to pull the door open. Wouldn't that make the potential difference between whether or not the castle law doctrine applies or whether it doesn't? Because I would think that an 84-year-old man being approached by someone coming to their door, attempting to open their door, should have the reasonable doubt that they were in fear. So, again, whether the castle doctrine applies, the castle doctrine will apply because he's in his home or in a place that he has a right to be. The issue is whether or not his actions were reasonable or whether their response or the amount of force was reasonable to the circumstances. 
also the castle doctrine applies if you believe that somebody is in your home or in your car committing some sort of a felony so it's definitely going to apply it's going to come down to what his actions were and whether a jury believes it was a reasonable response yeah. does the fact that that's an issue of fact that's an issue for the trier fact the jury to determine who they're going to believe the credibility of the parties are they going to believe the young man who says he was just standing there or are they going to believe the defendant who says the kid was trying to get into my house if they believe the defendant that the kid was trying to get in his house under those circumstances um i think he has a pretty good self-defense case it's not optically pleasing but it's certainly i think under those facts a very plausible self-defense case that the state would have to prove that he did not act reasonably when somebody when he believed somebody was breaking into his into his home yeah i think we're the product of our society right now man i'm i'm telling you i just i just i know laws are supposed to be in stone but to me it's like somebody's watching the news all night long whether it's msnbc cnn or fox or whatever and they're seeing all of these urban areas just destroyed and you're seeing the uh, kim gardeners of the world not prosecuting these guys and they're becoming the heroes instead of the you know the criminals and i just don't know how and then you're seeing juries like the jury that you know indicted trump on whatever's going on up in new york and you're just like man the law is just it's it seems so biased towards criminals these days i have to take care of myself and i just don't know how that dynamic fits into our court system i mean it seems like everything is kind of changing do you feel like that's changing in courts or is it am i just being a little bit too uh pessimistic here I think you're being a little bit too pessimistic. I mean, you know, the law, I still believe in the jury system. First of all, the jury, there was no jury that indicted Trump. That was a grand jury. Right, that, right, right. That's a probable cause determination, which is a very low standard, just that a crime is a probable cause that a crime has been committed and he committed it. Now, I don't think he should have been indicted. I think that was stupid. But having not on that particular crime, there was others to choose from. Right. Um, having said that, no, I still believe, look, um, Every violence in in cities is nothing new. I mean, if you go back and look at the homicide rates in the city of St. Louis, there's been ebbs and flows for for years. Um, you know, the the incompetence of the prosecutor down there—that's something recent. That's new. Um, but you know, hopefully that will be resolved one way or the other. Either the voters wake up and 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 figure out that. You know, this isn't a race issue. This isn't black or white or gender. This is just about competency and 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 those supporters of Miss Gardner's that just blindly support her. Uh, they need to wake up and figure out that they're the real victims in this. Mm -hmm. No doubt about that. Hey, you think that case is going to go forward, right? The judge yesterday uh, gave both sides some time to get some more information, and I have supporters of Kim Gardner telling me it's going to get thrown out. It's like, no, it's not going to get thrown out. I don't believe it's going to get thrown out. They filed a motion to dismiss, and, and that's a pretty uh, tough standard. The judge would, the judge basically has to assume if the pleadings are true, that, that, that if the pleadings are true, whether the case should go forward. And there's enough there to determine whether or not it was either intentional or willful, the conduct of Ms. Gardner. So, yeah, I think the case is going to go forward now. You know, it's still a tough burden. It's still a tough hill to climb to prove that her actions were willful or intentional and just not a matter of just woeful. 
ineptitude. Yeah, but at some point, does isn't that enter the conversation? You think it's like that you have the AG from Missouri going after? I can't imagine Parson likes what's going on in St. Louis. Isn't there just this kind of um, uh, momentum that's just piling up to take her out of her her job? Is that? It, it's just like it's like it's well, coming from every her assistant attorney. Her assistant comes on Channel 5 the other day and says, I'm quitting my dream job because this place is just a nightmare. I mean, doesn't all that stuff eventually add up? And she's just, I mean, she just seems like she's Well, there's dope. a law burden. I understand that, but it seems like it, it's coming from her from a lot of angles right now. I mean, if you had to prognosticate, what would you say about that? I think it would be certainly tough to wake up and look at the newspapers if you're Ms. Gardner. I mean, every morning it's, you know, another case got thrown out yesterday from by a judge that because, the again, they didn't produce evidence pursuant to the rules, they couldn't get uh, enough evidence into court to establish the identity of the defendant. So the, the, the judge had to enter a directed verdict. That was just yesterday. Oh my gosh, Scott! We appreciate, man. We appreciate you taking some time to join us today. I know you're busy. Um, we interrupted your workout. You have to go back and uh, work out those arms and those shoulders, of course, to keep up that incredible yeah, he body. He doesn't that need you a gun, have. that's for sure. Well, you know, <laughs> you'll open it, that door. It, it gets tougher as you get older. So you yeah. <laughs> I have found that out. That is 100 percent true. Yeah. Uh, guys, we appreciate it. Uh, Scott, of course, Scott Rosenblum of Rosenblum, Schwartz, and Fry. Scott Rosenblum, arguably one of the best defense attorneys in America. Scott, we appreciate it. We'll catch up with you next time. Thanks, man. Uh, always good to catch up with Scott and get some information. I know you're pissed about this whole thing, Tabitha, and I, and I get it. Well, you know, I, no, I'm not. I'm not because I want the truth to prevail. Okay. If, if the kid, the 16-year-old was there yeah. truly to pick up his brothers and he did not attempt to enter the residence, then I hope the person that shot him, I, I don't want to send an 84-year-old to prison well, it, it, Doesn't this jail. fall into the same bucket as the illegal aliens that were around Texas and the guy shot apparently the illegal aliens who were on his property and now he's being he's he's being uh, charged with murder down there it's the same thing i just think people they're just unnerved well, with everything going unnerved. on and if you are i don't know where did this guy live i'm sorry i don't know in where kansas city in kansas down, city missouri on the missouri side on the missouri side in the metropolitan area yeah, yes. yeah okay um, and, and we're going to have to look at, his, you know, not us, but, you know, the, the court system will have to look at his neighborhood. Was it common for people to uh, for home invasions? Yeah. You know, there's so much to it. There's so much more to it than even what we know right now. And then we had the other case yeah. in New York, just I think, what, a day or two ago, where there was a group of four well, it was two separate cars, a group of four. They were they pulled into the wrong driveway in New York State. Did you hear about that? No. Uh, young kids in their t early 20s. Well, yeah. Pulled Another into a driveway. Uh, yep. Two, two different. There vehicles they were on their way to a party they pulled into the wrong driveway and the homeowner started shoot, shooting at them they ended up shooting i think she was 21 years old the girl in the car and she died and i mean all they did was pull in the driveway this isn't the fault of this isn't the fault of these people shooting these are this is the fault to be honest with, or at least it's it's um there two sides are culpable prosecutors not prosecuting and making sure that there's a deterrence for whoever's committing crimes because crime the crimes don't have to be murder crimes don't have to be these violent crimes it can be just people coming on your property and you're hearing the stories about people ripping out back doors and taking everything just 
Well, it's about proving, unabated. It's about so, proving whether or not you were truly fearful or not. It's, it's a, were you really just like Chuck? It's just Todd, we live in a disgusting time. To be honest with you, the reason I can't stand Kim Gardner is she's let a city, which I was down in I, our city last night. She's let a, our city, which was once and, beautiful and it was the crossroads of America. She's just let it become this dilapidated well, mess. It was that way. That's long why I can't her. stand it was, her. And that's a situation and a story we're going to continue to follow as well as we move forward. Uh, it is Wednesdays. We check in with our good friends, Kathy Hill Big Strict, Experience Realty Partners. Uh, expect to be moved. Joining us this morning with uh, her husband, Steve. Uh, Whoa, there they are. Yeah, mortgage, mortgage expert and owner of New New Age Wellness. Yeah, we had him in studio. We're still working on our laptop issues. Oh, okay. So we got him in studio today. Hey guys, uh, you look great even when you video chat with us today, and we love it. Good yeah. morning. Um, Kathy, you. I saw a headline yes. from Reuters U.S. housing market stabilizing as single family home building increases and permits surge. Nice. Yes. So everything drives, uh, those type of headlines drive from the new construction starts. Mm-hmm. So new construction starts were down last fall when we, we we deem it as buyers went on strike when the interest rate shot up so suddenly, so fast and so sudden. Yep. And so builders all of a sudden got slow. Home, home starts were slowing down. They were catching up with their pipeline. But they're back on fire again right now because our spring market took off so slowly that a lot of people turned back to new construction this spring. Um, as soon as you get past the winter months, you start dreaming about your dream house yes. and you know going and hitting developments and stuff anyway. So that's really given them another boost for this year. Um, we're also seeing the same thing in the resale market because we took off so late. What we're starting to see inventory come on the market now. I just checked this morning. We were always hit like, upper 300s we hit upper 400s for the last seven days of new properties Um, but that's still quite a bit less than what we what we typically see this time of year so we're back to seeing a lot of multiple offers but weirdly you'll have a couple of houses that didn't sell and then they're sitting there all right here's a question let's go here let's let's start top level uh interest rates versus home prices are both of those coming down what what do you see uh because uh, we have uh, two people on our line right now that says still looking for a home boom so are the uh, obviously you just said it yourself when it when the interest rate was at nine no one can afford it if the housing prices went up because they thought they were gonna get top dollar for their house no one could afford it are housing prices coming down and interest rates coming down at the same time and before you answer if you're still looking for a home give kathy and her team a call for 314-476-SOLD. 314-476-SOLD. They will guide you. Countless experiences were great. I'm sorry. Yes. No problem. I don't know who you're going to get if you call 476-SOLD. Yeah, that'd be bad. Thank you. (laughs) My 900 business. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) You know, real estate's been slow. What can I say? Yeah. Um, Kathy's, her OnlyFans page. I love it. Yeah. Yes. This is the first time I'm figuring this out. That's yeah. all right, Steve. Just go with the flow. Yeah. I'm yeah. going with the flow, man. Just enjoy the money. Anyway, back to the yeah. back to the conversation. No, home prices are not necessarily coming down in St. Louis. I can't say that for everywhere in the country, <clears throat> but we again we saw a stabilization of home prices towards fall and early spring. We did see price reductions starting to happen, but now again with rates ticking down just a little bit. 
Um, we're definitely not, you know, in the eights. We were we were hitting close to eight when we we're at the the height of the buyer quote um, strike. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we're seeing people with interest come back again, and because we just still don't have the inventory. Prices can't go backwards because more than one person is going to want the house. So just to give you a snapshot of the, the deals I've been working this week, one had 18 offers on it. Wow. One had 24 offers on it. Damn. One had nine offers on it. <clears throat> we have several listings that have gone under contract for, we had one that was listed 850-ish, got offers in the 930s. Yeah. So you're, we're seeing that surgeons come back again. So How do people I, afford it? I just can't. And then we keep hearing buyers, a lot of times it's more first-time buyers, calling in saying, yeah, I'm ready to go, but, you know, I don't want to get into bed anymore. And we're just like, call good us luck. in three years. <laughs> well, that's a good point. <laughs> call us in three years if you don't want to get into bed anymore because, unfortunately, that's that's what we're going to well, see. Well, isn't, isn't that where the new home market comes into play? Is like, okay, I'm just going to go get someone to build this thing for me. Yes. There you yes, go. But not everybody has the time to do that, nor does everybody have the ability to uh, have the money to put down because builders are getting more stickler now about wanting their 10% down. They got away from that for years. When they were hungry, yeah. they made deals on how much they put down. They're not making those deals anymore. Okay. And Steve can speak to the rates because yeah, where are we? where are the rates right now? If I wanted a house right this minute, well, I mean, you get the family discount, Eric, but yeah. the national average <laughs> is, is, is floating uh, in between six, seven, five, and seven percent. It dropped down a little bit last week, popped back up this week. Uh, it really depends on you know what day you're talking to me. Okay, but. You know, we're, we're, we're educating our buyers on the interest rates now. That's why you're starting to see a lot more buyers come out of the woodwork. You know, some of the things that we explain to our buyers is that, yes, interest rates are a little bit higher, but here's a small silver lining that a lot of people don't think about yeah. is that you can write mortgage interest off on your taxes. Oh, good point. So if your interest rate might be six and a half percent today, as opposed to 4%, guess what? You're paying a little bit more in interest, but you're able to take that against your taxable income. Mm. Hey, Steve, before Tabitha asks you a question, can you remind people how they can get in contact with you as well? Sure. You can call me directly at 314-374-0770 or steve.strick at nafinc.com. Guys, I'm seeing something new. You know, I'm out there looking every day at every single house that pops up on the market. I see them all, trust me, all across the state of Missouri. And, all three of them. Exactly. That. <laughs> there, there might be one a week that pops up too. <laughs> and, and of course, I know everybody's going after that house, so it is very competitive. But I've started seeing something new, and it says under contract, but still accepting offers. Oh. Exactly. What exactly is that? What does that mean, and hmm. how does that work? Good, good, good question, Tabitha. I can educate people on backup offers because they do work. Hmm. I encourage you to do backup offers in this market. The problem is, is that we went through a time frame where they weren't hardly ever used. And so most of the agents aren't educated on backup offers and that they really didn't come back into play until these last two years. So what it is, is that once a, once a buyer has already secured a house, um, and is in contract with that seller, there are different milestones throughout that contract before they get to the closing table. And there is a percentage of times that the contract falls out, depending on which you know milestone that we're dealing with. 
And so it's not a bad idea for a buyer to still negotiate a contract with that seller that's contingent upon the first contract falling out. So here's why people don't do it on both sides. Buyers think, well, I don't want to get tied up in a house and I don't even know for sure that I'm going to get and then I'm going to miss out on all these other one houses that come on the market, right? So they get, they're confused. And what they don't understand is that it's not binding to the buyer. It is binding to the seller. And again, I'm talking our Missouri contracts, yeah. but it's binding to the seller to say, listen, you're the first guy in line. If something goes wrong, mm. you get first right a refusal on this house at the terms we've pre-negotiated, yeah. which is why you want to negotiate a good backup contract. But if for some reason in between the time that you're notified that the other people have fallen out, you want to back out of that contract, you just have to give a written notice and say, I'm out. I'm going to go buy a different house. It's taken too long. I, I thought it was going to work out. I hope they've fallen apart, but you guys negotiated your building inspections. It's not looking like it's falling apart. So thanks, but I'm going to go my separate ways. Right. You can do that. But this isn't happening for all homes, or is it? Or is it happening for all homes? Is it maybe just some homes are at some some real estate? Some are advertising right. that they're looking for, but backups they're always taking them. That's an agent that's willing to do a backup. Okay. The problem is, agents. Sorry to say, but they don't want to waste their time. They don't understand them sometimes enough to be yeah. able to explain it to their customers, and so they just, eh. Don't worry about so, it. so it would be or worth it. A lot it. of times I get this tab with I hear yeah. this from all the time. Well, I got a bunch of backups and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I got all these agents telling me if it falls apart out, they're going to write a contract. And I was like, that is not a backup. Yeah. Backup is in writing. Right. The terms are already negotiated and it's sitting there ready to go if right. you fall through. So do if you, you have to go call somebody back and say, hey, my deal's falling through. You've lost your position for negotiation. That's a and, and that's, that's a big deal. You know, big deal. is it worth it for a buyer to actually write that backup contract? Because it, yes, it, they, so they do have an option. It, it potentially could come to them still. I see it happen probably fifteen percent of the time. Yeah. So you got fifteen percent shot that that house that you missed out on is going to become yours in a couple of weeks. More often than it used to. And here's the thing with writing a back, yeah, more often than it used to. Here's the thing with writing a backup contract, guys, which, which is so important. Strategically, if your backup contract happens to be even better than their first contract, and it's in writing and it's sitting there looking at them in the face. They want that first contract to go away. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever that seller can do to make that first contract go away, they're going to do. But if you're that agent on the other side going, hey, call me if anything falls through because my buyer will want this house. That's yeah. nothing. So as me as the listing agent, I'm not going to become a really harsh person to negotiate a building inspection with. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to push the buttons to try to make that first one go away because that's a bird in the hand for this maybe once it falls apart i'm going to so, get something writing and then what 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 are you going to offer yeah I, I mean the whole backup thing is it's it's just playing the game um on our chat line 
a lot of people are saying that this um, seems like a, a wealthy person's game, that no one's going to bat. I'm just sum- summarizing now, that no one's going to bat for the, the ordinary person, that who's on our side? And that's a fantastic question. Are you question. typing in that into the, into the chat line, Eric? No, I am not, because okay. uh, I... I hold but on. why do you think that's fantastic? Well, I, no, I think that it's like, I think that there are... Right now, we're in a weird place. Uh, ordinary people want to know, and I, when I say ordinary, people that are, have you know nine to five jobs and they're looking for it and they're willing to spend money to get a. a, a but now you're hearing these stories of the eighteen, you know, people bidding on a house, and it's like, well, how the hell does the? But what does it have to do with the realtor, though? That's what I'm trying to get. I don't understand the question. Well, Isn't I think you're meeting the, the real question. people. So in other words, the, the people the real, that aren't dripping in wealth. Correct. Don't yes. Have a yeah. Yes. It's at like, it, winning the eighteen offers. Is yeah. that what you're getting? Correct. At? I'm. I'm, I'm oh, saying. That makes it, so that's not a real. It's almost like fault. I'm saying there's a market out there of us ordinary people. Yeah, a lot that, of us. that would like to go someplace and buy a house as well, but but have the opportunity. You know, and I'm not saying. I mean, I, I get it. It's a house is a something you go and strive for, and you go and work towards. What advice as a realtor? You're like, I'm a realtor of the people. What house do you want? Let's go get this thing. If you can't get that house, let me. Let me give you some other options. You see what I'm saying? It's like, what? Yeah. what is some of the well, advice the, of someone the first, that... The first advice that people need to really listen to is that you need to find an expert and you need to put your home buying journey in their hands and trust that their counsel is wise counsel. Yes. Instead of what happens is that people get caught up with an agent Mm -hmm. and then they want to still micromanage the whole process themselves based on what they know about it, which is very little compared to what we know about it. So we get the, Oh, they just want me to pay a higher price so they can make a higher commission like that kind of stuff. Right. That is not true for a true professional real estate advisor. Yes. We are not all salespeople. Okay. I talk people out of houses sometimes because it's not the right thing for them. But there are avenues to get you into a house if you want that. But yes. you have to listen to us. Yes. And you have to understand in this market, it's things change over time. Like you used to look at a house, you'd see the price, you know you'd offer less, you know you'd end up some of them out. That is not the way it works anymore. This is an eBay world right now. Mm-hmm. This is our entry price. List price is entry price. Well said. List price is not the price the seller is expecting to get. So don't get bent out of shape when it's two fifty and you you're going to pay three. Expect three. Go into it expecting three, hmm. and you're not going to be disappointed when you because you had to compete. It's just the way it is right now. Or yeah. otherwise, wait. But I don't know how long you're going to wait. Right. But then the other thing is they're coming. We're coming up with ways to help people that don't have the same means and give them an equal playing field. And Steve's going to tell you about some of that stuff because it really works. And that's another reason why you have to trust your agent and your lender. No, Eric, it was well a great said. question because you're talking. Vic, did you have some? No, I just said, well said, uh, Kathy. Yeah. And Eric, to your point, you're talking about the everyday person, Correct. right? Not Correct. People that have an extra hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Right. So whether you have, um, whether you make $40,000 a year or yep. you make $400,000 a year, the market is shifting a little bit in the lending world. A lot of people don't know that there are products out there that can make you a cash offer buyer. Mm-hmm. We have that. We actually, it's a real cash offer buyer to where we closing your name. You own it. Oh, damn. You can also own your current home and have it on the market for six That's months while you close on the other home, but <laughs> not get hit with the, 
you know, with, with the uh, penalty. So, you know, these are things that we've come up with yeah. to make sure that the everyday person has an opportunity to win that home. Oh, my God. that We could do a whole show just on what yeah. you just said. The lending yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. that you can still have your house because that is what has locked people up for yes. the last couple of years, yeah. too, is I, I don't want to put my house on the market and sell it when I don't know if I'm going to find one, but yes. yet I need the equity out of my house to be able to do it. So it's it's, it's a, a very creative, dynamic way of financing that allows everybody. This is amazing. To in this market. Why didn't we start the show off with this? Hey guys, I got something to tell you. <laughs> well, if we started the show the off with this, I don't get much time here. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. <laughs> no, but Steve, that that really is powerful. And once again, how can Very people call, how can people get, contact you again to talk about what you were just talking about, the program sure. that you have in place to help the average joe out yes, there and we're all average. like us yeah well what it does is it takes your offer out of that pack of offers right right and we, we give you a cash offer to submit even if you don't have the cash and now it takes you from that group all the way to the top of those offers right away so you can reach me best way really is email yes i love it steve s-t-e-v-e dot strick s-t-r-i-c-k at n-a-f-i-n-c.com love it that is fantastic. I think we could end the show right Such now. Such good. No, I do. I'm, no, I'm excited. I, no, information. Satisfied. Hey, are you guys familiar with NFT yet and, and what NFTs are? Sure. Because you can actually buy real estate space digitally. First of all, you guys need your own NFTs if you don't have them yet. <laughs> you do. Because yeah. Trump, coming up at 930, we're going to explain this with, uh, we've got our marketing guys become kind of an expert in it. Yeah. Um, Alex McCarthy okay. from Raising Sales. Donald Trump yesterday sold his NFTs for millions of dollars in record yeah. time. How is, I, <laughs> I, I bring it up because I find it fascinating when to. it comes to NFTs speaking with real estate agents. What's your perspective on what's going on here, Steve? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a topic actually for years now since the NFTs became all the rage, but yeah, they're, they're coming into play to where each home could have its own NFT. Mm. And then the person that owns that NFT could get paid residual income every time the home sells. What? So, wait, wait. See, I told you, Eric, I had something it's else. It's all part of Web3. It's Web3. This it's, is nuts. You know, we could have a, a cancel this NFT. There could be a, a Kathy Helbig's experience oh, NFT. Sure. You know, you can go out into Superworld and you can buy the actual properties, just like you said, and you pay real money for them and you own them. But just like the crypto market, I mean, very volatile. It's crypto. NFTs yeah, it's crypto. Is what it is. Yeah. I don't even right. understand it. It's all based I, I on just, Ethereum. Remember, remember Eric, what, you can have your own NFT. I know. It's it's so complicated, though. Remember when Magic Johnson says, if I can't walk to my window and understand the product by the time I get to my window, I'm not buying into it. I don't even understand well, what it's all it's about. But it's changing the real estate market to some degree because, okay. well, well, about, uh, I guess a year ago, what is it? a friend of mine said to me, he said, instead of you selling, your parents selling all of their real estate property, mm -hmm. sell, turn them into NFTs and sell them as NFTs instead of a typical real estate transaction, but, but and people are doing that. I feel like I don't even want to ask the question. <laughs> ask the question. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what question to ask. It's, it's like a real transaction. It's like trying to figure out strength. We're going to no, we're going to give you a lesson at yeah. nine thirty. But I was curious if it was affecting the real estate world. If Steve and Kathy knew about it, and if they Not had yet. their own NFTs. Okay, that's Not what we, Not we, yet, we hear a little coming. bit. We we yeah. hear little bits and pieces, and people are training on it. But yeah, it's not it's not mainstream yet. So is it better right now to be a real a seller or on the buyer side if you're in real oh. estate? Which oh, seller? Easy. Easy. To be the seller? 
seller all day long. Yeah. Really? It's not easy. I'm the buyer, my, me and my family. It is not easy to be the buyer because like you said, Kathy, there, first of all, there's nothing out there. And when something pops up, if it's listed for 400,000, you know, it's going to go for uh, 450, 500, maybe even more. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. going to go quickly and you're going to have to fight for it. It hmm. is a tough world yes. out there right now. Yeah, it's a mental thing, too, for people, because like I said, it is a shift from how we typically do did real estate. And you're having to settle. You're having to settle and you're paying more money than what you see the price tag says. <clears throat> and you're having to take some risk because, again, we're getting back to when there's a bunch of people that want the house, yeah. they're, the, the, the price is going to you know, compete with each other. But then a lot of the prices start to look the same. Yeah. So then you have to go to what are the other terms then? If I've got five offers that are all within $1,000 of each other, um, you know, what else can I look at? And that's where you start looking at, well, I'm not going to, like the one I told you that, was the 850 and went in the 930s or whatever there was a handful of them that said we're not even going to do inspections exactly yeah, and and like not even do them scary. and sellers aren't making scary. repairs they're mm. just selling it as is it no seems repairs. like being the buyer side if i'm if i'm if, if Vic comes to me and he's like i'm looking for a house you're also dealing with the emotions of that person correct you're always you're you're kind of like it's like bedside manners with course, a doctor yeah. you know what i mean yes and that's what's really hard for the agent is because a lot of times representing someone to the best of your ability mm -hmm. means disagreeing with them and trying to educate them. Yeah. And then immediately you get the, well, who are you representing? Yeah. Are you representing yeah, the seller instead of me? That. You know, that kind of stuff. And yeah. you, it's so hard because those emotions fly. And so you're constantly like trying to bite your tongue of, well, can I say this? Can I not say this? Yeah. But you're really hiring me for my advice and strategies and negotiations yeah and not to just tell you that you're right and everything sucks and this is poor me and blah 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 mm -hmm. that's not going to get you where you need to go right right so this isn't turning on us people but yeah but the, and and you're well as you've learned you're never going to please everybody and everybody has their own perspective when it comes to real estate and more importantly their own experiences it sucks yes. that there's tons of offers on houses it sucks that things get that yes. get they get expensive but this isn't a realtor issue. This is right. a financial society issue, correct? Right. Correct. 100%. Correct. Yeah. Now, the realtor issue comes in that we've we've not had a great stigma. I mean, we're up there with attorneys and used car salesmen. <laughs> Sorry, attorneys and used car salesmen. <clears throat> but that's really how the respect level for agents is that. Mm. And partly self-inflicted. Because we do have an industry that you can go to school for two weeks and pass a course and pass a test and you're a real estate agent. Okay. And there's not as much. Um, barrier of entry. Yeah, the, the, the barrier of entry is low so that if you did have a past experience that wasn't great because you were involved with an agent that maybe didn't know as much as they should have known. Okay. Then moving forward, you're always going to have that side eye look when you're dealing with an agent, right? Okay. So you run across one that's done a good job. But the problem with, with the, the industry in itself is that there's so many pieces to it that the agent <laughs> is directing, but we're not in control of. Mm. And we oftentimes are the cat that, cat that gets kicked when the appraisal comes in low, the building inspector missed something. Yeah. 
Um, you know, those type of things. Yeah, you but know, isn't, is, well, you is, referred the building inspector to me, so it's your fault, you know, that kind of stuff. Here is, is looking for an agent similar to looking for a doctor then? Because, and I'm just going to say this, and I'm, I don't know if this is true or not, but if I go to Zillow and make that phone call, that phone call gets spread out across the region, I, from what I re- believe. It does. Okay, and then yeah, so all of that. a sudden I get this random person, like you said two weeks ago, was in class. They don't yeah. know what the hell they're doing, but they're like, yeah, I'll go let you in the house to take a look at it. But now you're on an adventure with them to buy this house. Whereas if you call someone like your office and say, I'm looking for a house. I'll let you know which house I find. Mm-hmm. Find which is your best realtor in here that is cool, competent, yeah. and knows how to deal with it. Is that a better idea? Yes. Than yes. just calling on Zillow? Yes. You have experience matters. 314-276-SOLD. Yeah. got some stuff online. Find some things that, that shows some credibility so that you know that to me it's all about um repetition the more you're doing something the more you're learning because every deal has a weird curveball to it i wish our deals were smooth we had a closing this week that we went to the closing at nine in the morning yeah everything's fine the closing pictures are up hey congratulations 3 30 we get a phone call buyer uh uh-oh big problems buyer can't close and we're like what do you what yeah well, the little thing, the buyer showed up to the title company with a cashier's check made out to the wrong person or something. They didn't mm. make it out to the title company. They made it out to one of the people in the transaction, so personally. Okay. So now the funds aren't there to close. Yeah. It turns into a big mess because they can't, they can't do anything that same day. It's too late. The people are out of town, blah, blah, blah. Like those type of things, curveballs happen all the time. So the repetition of dealing with an agent and even a lender that is doing a lot of deals gets you the consumer a better edge because every single day there's something new that it's happened that we're learning from on the transactions that are coming across our plate kathy and steve we love you guys thank you for being so direct and honest and addressing every question i you don't get i don't see this anywhere with real estate agents and i love it and there's no question you guys won't answer um we appreciate hey this hasn't been so bad joining you from your living room i know look at your your digs it's crazy over there (laughs) and we'll catch you back up uh in studio next week of course kathy helbig experienced real estate partners expect to be moved 314-276-SOLD 314-276-SOLD kathy and steve have a great day we'll catch up with you next week see you guys guys. see you man Alrighty, bye-bye terrific segment and they are and guess what not everybody loves agents and, and I'm glad we have questions because they're not afraid to answer anything and they don't beat around the bush. No, man. And I it's, love it. It's, it's a, it's, we're in a different society, man. Remember when you used to be able to just go, I mean, they remember before Zillow, remember how you, that used to work? You'd look at the back of the newspaper of yeah. what was a bit, remember <laughs> that? Anymore. Or you would drive through a subdivision that you kind of wanted to live in and see if you could find a sign anywhere. That's how they used to do it. Well, don't go changing. anywhere because it's coming changing. up next, we're going to talk with Patrick Willette, a realist, or actually, he's a real estate entrepreneur as well, but 20 years on Wall Street, he's going to explain our dying dollar, what's actually happening with our financial industry right now, um, why the United States should be nowhere near Ukraine, as he's become an expert, he's a podcaster, speaker on that topic, plus um, he knows a lot about the Trump family. We're going to give some information to you about the Trump family as well. Don't go anywhere. We got that plus an education on NFTs at 930 with our marketing director. It'll blow your mind. Some of the things that are going on right now. Donald Trump breaks a record yesterday. How fast he sold his NFT. 
and the millions of dollars that it sold for. Unbelievable. Scotty Gherkins here. Lizzie Sparks on the chat line. Eric Johnson, Tab of the Hassle. I'm Vic Faust. Back with Patrick Ouellette right after this. Don't go anywhere. Hey guys, this is Dr. Mahesh Bagwe. I'm an orthopedic surgeon here in St. Louis for over the last 20 years. I went to Washington University. I got my medical degree at St. Louis University. From local high school athletes, college athletes, weekend warriors, injured workers, and even Cardinal baseball players, I've treated them all. Our practice strives to personalize care with every new patient being seen by me. To find me, contact my staff at drbagwe.com. That's D-R-B-A-G-W-E.com. Hopefully you don't need me, but if you do, you can find me now. White Glove Exotic Services is St. Louis's first concierge vehicle service center. Alex David's team is passionate, certified technicians. They have industry-leading tools and equipment. They do it all. They pick up and deliver your car hands-free. Plus, they have elite detailing service, customized PPF wraps and tenting, and inspection and titling assistance. White Glove also specializes in logistics and storing options, vehicle listings, and consignment white glove exotic services check them out at cancel marco wait what no response hi i'm curtis barks with complete auto body and repair offering full service and auto repair to st louis and st charles we are looking for someone to say polo that's right we are hiring we want you now if you would like to work in a well-paying environment then you owe it to yourself to stop by one of our six complete auto body and repair locations will you help me find that missing person please call me directly at 636-488-HIRE that's right 636-488-4473 dad and service oh yeah and service Carroll House has the largest selection of solid wood with the hottest new styles. Real furniture that's built to last. Like our solid bedrooms, living rooms, and dining from Kincaid. Our volume enables us to save you a lot of money, especially during a solid wood sale. Plus, get free financing, fast free delivery, and free in-home design. So for solid wood, sweet styles, and solid service since 1964, shop over three football fields of furniture at Carroll House. Because you like nice things. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Cancel This, CancelThisShow.com. As always, you can catch all of our original content at CancelThisShow.com. We appreciate the uh, partners who do advertising with us, as we just showed you. If you need any other products, please jump in. Let them know as well. And a special thanks to Complete Auto Body and Repair. Complete Auto Body and Repair. Six locations across the St. Louis area. The only climate-controlled places where you as a technician can work once again climate controlled air conditioning in the summer heated in the winter and of course that makes it a whole lot better for the working experience they're looking for technicians you're not going to find a better place to work when it comes to those conditions plus the amount of money that you're going to get as well and also windows are a massive issue especially as we head into the summer check out renewal by anderson you can get a free quote from them you can go to cancel we have a link right there call the number or link in uh if and when you do business with them you help out this show as well we are grateful for that time scotty gherkins here lizzie sparks on the chat line eric johnson tab of the hassle 
I'm Vic Faust. We have uh, been talking. We've come out of a couple different things today. Coming up at 930, more about Web3, NFTs, Donald Trump. Why is it important? Uh, I was glad that uh, Kathy and Steve Strict understood NFTs. Tabitha said we're going to talk more about this in days to come, and especially in about 30 minutes, as she says, you're going to be selling your homes via Web3. Is that what you just said? As NFTs, that's correct. As NFTs. Your home will be a digital asset. You can actually do it now, but I would suggest using Kathy instead. Damn, that's impressive. But someday, you know, I, I will bet you anything, someday uh, uh, Kathy Helbig and Steve Strick will, because will, you know, you can also be a lender in the Web3 world. It's a lot of virtual stuff, but you can also be a lender there. Hmm. You can have your own storefront on Web3. Think what you're using right now is Web2. Think about that. Yeah. And we're going to learn more about it because a lot of people don't understand the web situation. They better learn fast. Like you do. They better learn fast. Hey, we're going to, now we join our next guest, uh, Patrick Woolett. Uh, Patrick's an author, a podcaster, a speaker, uh, more than two decades on Wall Street, uh, a very versed man, educated man when it comes to the Russia-Ukraine conflict why we shouldn't be anywhere near there, and also some Donald Trump information, being an East Coast guy himself. Patrick, welcome to CancelTheShow.com. We appreciate you jumping in with us today. Uh, did you catch, is that a Marlin behind you on the wall? Okay, we don't have Patrick. We can't hear Patrick. I thought we had that ready to oh, go. Oh, no. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get Patrick again here. I'll just uh, blame it on Tab. That's all right. What'd you do, Tab? <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait thought... to talk to Robert. We, no. Or Patrick, so, I'm sorry. We have to figure it out. So anyway, what we've got going on from the situation with that is we'll talk with Patrick about those topics that are coming up. Scotty will let us know when we're ready to go with that. Um, I'm just, I'm fascinated right now by what's happening. We just came out of a real estate talk about money. And if you think you've got issues with money when it comes to the real estate, just wait because of what happens with our dollar that we talk about in the show a lot, who knows what's going to happen with prices because our dot more and more countries are now coming out, Eric. And Tabitha's told us it was going to happen a long time ago. More and more countries coming out and saying, we're not going to be with the dollar. We're getting away from the dollar. The majority, as a matter of fact, almost all non-NATO countries will not use the dollar. And that's that's the way it's going. And we know that we have all of these. As a matter of fact, Cuba, I'm hearing Cuba is going to be the next country that's going to go against the United States by potentially joining BRICS. Mm. And there's several different company countries who are now talking about joining BRICS that we would have never even considered before. Why does, why does our government not just seem to care that much about it? Why? Because why? they're in on it. Oh. Of course they are. Why? They're destroying us. You know, I've never, I never understood this. You know, these people, they come from small, small farm towns in the middle of the country. They come from metropolitan areas. How do you get into that place? What door opens and what meeting do you take to say... You have to sit here for three hours while I tell you how the government actually works. Because and and it's a lot of it you're not going to understand, but you're just going to have to be part of the team. And why are there well, never on the wrong and why team. are there never senators who consider themselves quote unquote patriots coming out and say, I just had the strangest because meeting they're today. getting paid. And or I'm just had the strangest meeting today. <laughs> and I just had this guy come in my office saying we are destroying the U.S. dollar on purpose. Or do they do it to some of the senators and not the other senator? What, what can senators you see do? What I'm saying? What can they do? I mean, they, they, they can raise some. they can say I had a meeting today saying that George Soros just came in and said we're destroying the country. Okay, Backtrack a little bit. Think about again. And I know I say this all too often. I just say it sounds Democrat like it sounds alarmist. A little bit alarmist. The Democrat sometimes. Party is a regime 
regime. They okay. are a controlling regime. So it's regime. just the Democrats? So the, yes. Oh. The, the Democrat Party is the cr- controlling regime. I'm not saying some Republicans aren't as I'll tell you bad. What, I've seen a lot of Republican bills that had a lot of spending in it. So it's both. And I'm, and I'm not, I, I don't trust anyone in Congress. As not you to mention, know. why is it always the government? Yeah, the government spends its ass off. We, we brought, we on, on tax day yesterday, we brought in $4 trillion and we spent six. So we lost $2 trillion yesterday. Well, things are just getting- on tax day. So I get that. But you have to understand. Things are going to change, Eric. They're, and, they're, and they're changing I'm not, very I'm not rapidly. Dis- I'm not, you know. It's, it's changing very rapidly. If you're flying and, an airplane and an alarm goes off in the console, you're going to look at the alarm and go, oh, damn, we're losing the engines. The alarm has already gone off. We've already lost our engines. Right. We're, we're past that point okay. now. And what's getting ready to happen, we're getting ready to see the greatest power shift. Just like I've said before. So, every so empire, our government's just letting it happen. Every empire has mm. fallen. And now it is our turn, and we are going. We are. This is leading into the talk with Patrick. We are going to fall, which is why it's happening. Eric, you're a pilot. You love airplanes. You love flying. You've lost one engine. Mm. You've lost a second engine, and we're coasting, and we're in a free fall. Mm. And agreed with that. I don't know how you get the engine back on. Mm. Trump. I don't. I don't know it's if there's, a, a if there's an eject button that yeah. you can hit with the emergency parachute. First thing you do is you you not. But it's it's going to happen. Okay, well, and the there's first nothing thing, that can stop the, it. Right to now. me, I don't. I can't even speak about what I just asked about the senators and the House of Representatives and the uh, executive branch. To me, it's these dumbass people in this country that are voting on Roe versus Wade and on stupid social issues. If what you're saying it's is all small potatoes, if what you're saying is true. Is. Then it's the dumbasses out there that are that are well, they're, voting they're on. Well, they're brainwashed. Okay, it's propaganda. Well, well then well, you I'm, better. I'm trying to explain to you what's going to happen. Okay, well then there's no hope. Is what I'm I saying. never said there's. I did. I didn't say. I hope. said there's well, no hope. Well, if you let me explain, I'd explain what the hope is. Okay, you here we did. go. You said it's Trump it's, and a shift because we have right now the Democrat regime in charge. The Democrats are in charge, and yes. they're a regime. They're not a political okay. party. They are a controlling regime yeah. of this country. Yeah. And the only way when they took this country by coup in 2020 mm. by going against Donald Trump. Okay, what was the coup? And the what coup was the coup? Was the the voter fraud? Okay, we have a problem with that. Fraud. Yes, we do. We, we have, have a, a problem with what you're saying. Point. <laughs> No, it was okay, it was a coup, up. and they took this country by force. You Nobody better be very careful what you say. I don't have to be careful what I'm saying. You better be damn careful because true. they are, there is a precedent now of a major yes, company almost paying a billion dollars in fines. It doesn't matter. It about, I'm not blaming it on Dominion voting. What oh. I'm blaming it on is I'm blaming it on mostly Bernie Sanders supporters. And I can say this legally and legitimately without fear because Bernie Sanders supported, supporters have been very vocal about it. Okay. They have vocally said, hey, Joe Biden, we got it, it you. It feels seat. to me, it feels to me like the Dominion slash on the, the Dominion and well, uh, election fraud. Got allegedly. Be- it looks like Dominion. to me that officially election fraud didn't happen in this country. If you look at all the sources that this election story went fraud through. Absolutely. Did so we happen. can't say that anymore. It is was what a I'm coup. Saying. No, we can say you can it feel all. that. But then how did it You're happen? Wrong. No, I get it, Tabitha, but how did it happen? How did it happen? What exactly happened where you say it's fraud? Well, now? I've explained Because you can't this. say it's voting machines Correct. anymore. Well, you, actually, I can. No, but, no, but how? not with any legitimate... Yeah. Because of what's the precedence that's been set? To me, that I mean. was right. just a vehicle used and it sucks. in the cheating. I'm it, not. I'm not. 
I'm, I'm not dissuading your feelings, but on this, it's not sh- my feelings. It's a this- fact because mm, the see? the if you well you guys do you think don't Fox News to wanted me. to pay a billion dollars? You I'm can listen- ask me a question, no. but then you guys keep talking. No, I would listening. love to explain it. The way that it happened, and yes, if you watch 2,000 Mules, you will easily see exactly how it happened. Bernie Sanders supporters said, they came out publicly and said, we won this election for you, Joe Biden. Now you have to follow our very far left that is totally, liberal, that's liberal policies. The way that they won is they got in key positions right. in the Postal Service. They took over key positions within our election okay. stations. They took over ballot harvesting. These people staged a coup against the Republican Party against the Trump administration and they took control. That's back. your feeling. No, that's a, a fact of what happened. Not it according is, to Drew Collins. Oh, oh seriously. Yeah, but here's the thing, Drew though. With the- it is a fact. <laughs> it's been proven. It's a fact. Right. We already you gotta give them their know due. your vote Look, doesn't count. Eric, you got to watch 2,000 Mules. I will. Okay, but here's I the will. thing. Even with 2,000 Mules, though, yeah. where is it in a court proceeding? Exactly. It's, because it's the nowhere. Democrats Because rule. I know, oh, but why. this is the problem, Tabitha. I, what you say is 100% right. Look at another opinion. country. I agree with it. It's happening here. But I'll give a better analogy. If a tree falls in the woods and nobody sees it or hears it, it, it did it make a sound exactly but that's not the case here though it is that's the not case. a good analogy and because the, the 2000 mules is not going to court in any frame or fashion i know but mm. it's not because no one heard it it's because plenty of people heard it but it's because the I'm, court systems didn't it's and that's because what matters. It, the because we have a we have to think of ourselves as a different country in other countries you have a regime that is controlling your country yeah. they control your police forces they control your military they control your court system they control the congress or parliament or whatsoever be in that country and that's what's happening here the democrat regime controls our mm. judicial system okay. why and did, you will never hear about it in okay courts. but then why <laughs> well we just did and they lost <laughs> uh, well of course they lost because it's a democrat yeah. controlled regime they control and they control your media they control well, your media. basically it was like this it was dominion saying we're the ones that own the machines prove that we did anything to screw up the election and they went through they looked under every rock and they're like well Will you take a billion dollars? We'll settle out of court. Trust me, there's a lot of people being <laughs> I mean, I mean, paid off. A lot of yeah, money but Tabitha, circulating. This is what happened with Fox News. It's and a great I example. And I don't of, like yeah. it. I don't like well, it. Well, they settled but out it's of court. Not, I'm just telling you right now, because of the settlement and not going to court, because they would have gotten destroyed in court. They, they, Tabitha, they would have been destroyed in court for the reporting that they did do. Because you can never prove something like that. But here's... <laughs> How? You cannot prove it. Then you can't it's called say discovery. It. You, yes, first you can. of all, yes, you can, because you can have an opinion and say anything you want. Right. But yes, it, it, I don't blame Dominion as the sole factor in why it's the election one. changed. There, it, that it was is, the touch point. It's a vehicle. It's just a vehicle. It's like when you eat a, a, a French fry. It's the vehicle to get the ketchup to you. The Dominion voting is just a vehicle. It was the people who did the fraudulent activity, the people behind it. My concern is this, because of what happened yesterday, because of Fox News, and it was all over the place, being made an example out of, paying, as Eric says, just under a billion dollars so that they didn't go to court and lose their freaking network. It's a lot of money. When the next election comes up, if you think that there were voting irregularities before, you just wait now, because they were given a free pass. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Tabitha, I, there is I mean, nothing. There's nothing we can do about it. You're absolutely right. There. You know what we can do about it? 
we can stage our own coup. We can get our own people in key positions. We can start fighting with fire. We get Trump back in office. And if it's not Trump, someone like Trump, someone who's actually what I call the people's party, people who are, because Trump is not technically a Republican. He's the leader of the people's party. And we got our foot in the door. And if we got our foot in the door once, we can do it again. And that is the only hope this country has. And is that because you know what? All this stuff with BRICS, if, if if this continues under the Democrat regime, we are going to lose okay, all of our power question. as a country. And that's the question. And only, only someone like Trump can turn this around for us. And the because reason, the Democrats will never no, do it. Uh, to be honest, you are... You are spot on, but here's the deal: is right now you you just got every liberal on the planet saying you have no credibility anymore because you just lost that court case. Now that being said, you can make a case for okay, well Hunter Biden and the entire Biden regime family that's being uncovered. That is something you could talk about mm-hmm. saying saying that's real, I've that's never, true. If you but, recall, I've never really talked much about Dominion. I I've no, never, you haven't. You I, haven't. If you talk about, I've, I've as a matter of fact, I've never really talked right. about Dominion, right? Because to me, that's not what the okay. catalyst was. The catalyst was the people, yes. the ballot harvesting, the people who in several counties fed the ballots through the system yeah. two, three, four times. Mm-hmm. That's where the problem is. That's how the cheating And they occurred. weren't legitimate ballots. Right. When the recounts happen, the re- they, they're just counting to make sure that they counted correctly the first time. Yeah. It's not counting or checking to see if said person is valid, legal, alive yeah. voter. Yeah, and anyone can sue you. And here's for the pro- here's the problem. This is the real problem. In a football game, if if a if an official blows a call, if it's like, oh my god, he called that thing out of bounds, but the official doesn't make that call and it's a touchdown, you still lose the game by a blown call. Do you? Does that make sense? But you have to play the game from the official's point of view. This whole Dominion thing could be just they just don't want their hands on it anymore. I don't even care about Dominion. I understand, but it's a big don't part. Of, it's a big part of your ten thousand or million mules or whatever it is. Well, t- two thousand yes mules. and no. It's it's okay. Again, it's, it's a vehicle. That's all Dominion was was just a vehicle for the people to cheat. Yeah. It's, it's it's not Dominion. And I think itself. I think in this country, if you're a Trump supporter. There's this weird angst that's in your soul that makes you think he this was stolen. I mean, Vic can say this a million times, and it still makes me go, "Yeah, that makes." Th- are you telling me that Joe Biden got ninety million votes? <laughs> I mean, seriously, that does not make sense but to a lot of people. It, it didn't happen. It doesn't make sense. If we did a forensic audit of every county across, it doesn't this make sense. Country, what I'm saying, I think we know what it doesn't the make sense. But on paper, according to the people that sign off on this stuff, it makes all the sense in the world. It was a stolen election. You see, you see, There's it was a coup, did, wait, but it who, was a coup. Eric, do you remember who was the guest that you brought on? That is a Missouri canvasser. Uh, he was a fantastic Andrew Polachek. Andrew Polachek. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget Andrew Polachek coming on here and speaking to some of the things that happened in the state of Missouri and yes. things that he had heard around the country happening. Mm-hmm. For example, did he say individuals were changing votes? Yes. How? Because you have election leaders doing, you have witnesses. You have more than one person, two and three people at one time who take ballots and count them and there's video and they're being checked. If they allow you, we have to remember all the laws that went into place because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one, you had to stand so many feet away. And then they came out with those new laws against harassment, where if you were the watcher, you had to stay so far away yeah, that, or you couldn't come close. Happened, uh, they I had watched the process where people couldn't County. come out. I mean, there were so many different ways unfortunately, so and, unfortunately, and you can't see what people so are So unfortunately, Tabitha Hassel, you're, you're a Sharpies. really good local 
play-by-play color person for politics. Unfortunately, here's where the problem is. Why am I only local? Here's the problem. Mitch McConnell is your starting quarterback. Well, of, we already of, know of the, how Mitch fo- McConnell okay, well, but, he, but he's injured right now. Mitch McConnell <laughs> is your starting quarterback. He's on the sideline. Uh, Mitt Romney and Susan Collins, you need to depend on as your, your line. Oh, dear God. So this is where your problem is. It's not because what you're saying, in the, the and I feel the fire in your belly over there, and I feel the fire in Coming everybody on the... from someone who hasn't watched 2,000 Mules yet. Yes. Correct. correct. There's fire in my but belly, too. I, and there's fire in all bellies. I'm trying The to... problem is, is that your quarterback is... Mitch McConnell, it's 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 Kevin McCarthy, it's the guys that are in those positions to make something happen. And that's why I don't trust. Congress. They're not interested. That's why I don't. They're not interested. Trust Congress because they're, they're not, not interested. They're not working for us. A, a lot of them were against Trump. We have Lindsey Graham. I don't know what in the world's happened to that guy. He Lindsey Graham. Been, there's another. He one. wants us to go to war against Mexico, against Russia. Here's the deal. The all offset. These other countries, so what China. is the what is the offset about this? And I'm always about. I don't care. I, yeah, I get it. I don't it. even want to I, talk about voter fraud because there's so much bigger. Yeah, that's because, in the past. Well, I'm just saying. We're talking about where we are. I'm just saying about all of this stuff. Well, this is what the got us into this is the financial. We lost the well, let's go to the financial then because now. Our money because is going to again, be worthless. Again, you are your you're, a, you're a color person in the booth with the headphones on, broadcasting well, what you're seeing on the field. I don't field. even know what a color analyst is, just so you know. What, but what? I are you talking? Really? I, no, I've met a few of them, but I don't really understand their. They're job. the people that talk about. I the was play. a color commentator from a Zoo Tiger football. I mean, this, really? is, this is embarrassing. Well, you're in I'm broadcasting. Not a sports person. It's like it's like being a, a no, race car no, driver no, no, not knowing wrong. what a tire is. Do you, you know what a political commentator is? Of course, that's the same thing for sports. All right, bad analogy for Jonathan. But I am more than but, a, I am more than a political commentator, yeah. Eric. That's that's assault, uh, insulting. It's, it, that's insultist. <laughs> yeah, it is insultist too. Hello, hello. Oh, yes, yay. we got sound. Yeah, we but, got we got Patrick, but we got but we we got we've already. We got you. There we go. All right. Uh, okay. Yay. What happened that we had that we have? Okay. Sound well, here's what we're going to up. Yes, yes, please hang up. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Scotty, can you do me a favor? Yes. If Alex isn't watching, can we tell Alex we have to move him to tomorrow now? Why? Because oh. we're not going to have time to do the NFTs plus do Patrick all in the same okay, day. We'll do 15 each. Yeah, yeah we'll we do No, you can't. Trust me. Really? Because I have questions. No, we, we, if we take Patrick now, we can't do... We can't... There's not... We have three massive topics with Patrick. It's impossible. Hold well, on. maybe he doesn't have it tomorrow. No. <laughs> you only have today. We have no idea what even happened because we tested this before the show and it was perfect. It's fine. Hey, that's so. all right. Somebody let out. Yeah, Patrick. Know. We're going to do a massive segment on NFTs tomorrow, but we've got too much to talk. Since we're taking Patrick now, we got him up. Alex is cool. We're going to jump up with it. Patrick, we'll let, once again, uh, we, you, you come into a spirited debate. You're an author. Uh, you're a podcaster. Uh, over two decades in Wall Street. Um, you've become an expert on the Russia-Ukraine situation. So, uh, again, let everybody know about your podcast, who you are, because I'm trying to do a quick uh, intro so we can get right into these topics. Yeah. I, I, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, finally, I don't know. You know, technology <laughs> is not my strong suit, but I, um, so I apologize for that. So I want to say one thing about being a realtor. With your last segment, I came in at the, uh, at the end of that. Yes. And absolutely, I'd rather list houses than work with buyers i don't even sign up (laughs) i don't even sign up with zillow my marketing goals and i've been doing this for five years in southern maine and it's gone well yeah but my marketing goals is to list the house there's a saying in wall in uh real estate that buyers are liars 
And it, you don't know how many times it's happened to me where I've worked with a, with a couple, say, uh, for months, especially during the pandemic, because it was so discouraging because there were so many buyers, so many offers, uh, you know, mm-hmm. on every house. Then after six months of work, they say, we're going to buy a piece of land. We're going to pause, buy a piece of land and build. So you did all that work yeah. and you didn't get paid for it. Yeah. So that's why I, I don't love working with buyers. And I'll say one more thing. I don't know if it was brought up by you guys uh, earlier than I signed in, but the reason why, so the market, at least in Southern Maine, is extremely stable, but it's stagnant. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's stagnant is because most people who bought houses in the last five years or they refinanced their mortgage, yep. they're sitting at 2 3%. Right. This morning, mortgage rates are now 6.43%. So why would you sell one mortgage at 2% and roll into one at 7%? You wouldn't. Hell no. You wouldn't. No, but- So that's the problem. That's why there's low inventory. No one's moving. Yeah, but is, I mean, okay. You know, let's you know. Let's I, start I, there. Isn't that the whole goal of the Fed right now? Wasn't that the deal? Was to get the Fed to keep people from buying anything? Is or, or am I, am I, am I lost in saying that? No, 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 no. You're not lost in saying any of that. In fact, we're going into many things that might sound uh, like a conspiracy, but it's not. And that yeah, you know, that's the problem with today's world. Is you know, on my podcast, I use a lot of words like totalitarian, authoritarian, Marxism. And that's not familiar language in America. No. So either folks who on the other side who hear that think that, you know, I'm a radical crackpot. You're crazy. It's familiar language here. I'm racist. (laughs) You're racist. Yeah. Um, It's very familiar language with our listeners. Trust me. Great. Great. Because that's exactly what's happening. That that is. But the beauty of that kind of language, the beauty of that language is when someone like me, when I can get it in context, because Marxism via the old Soviet Union might not be the same Marxist that we have today in the United States. So the context Uh, is always important. Eric, absolutely. And I actually call it American Marxism. Mm -hmm. Mm. You know, that's 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 it's obviously not going to be a carbon mirror of of. Uh, Russia, Lenin, yeah. China, yeah. but it's you know it's it, a lot of those a lot of those um, ideas are definitely spreading around this country. I mean, you talk about the Chinese uh, offices that are in New York City. I talked about this almost a year ago, and nobody cared. All the land that they're buying, China. Why is this happening? Oh, that makes well, sense. We know why it's happening, yeah. right? Because Biden's been exposed. And that's why we're doing why we're in such cahoots with Ukraine. We'll get to that mm. is because those two countries have exposed Biden the most. Yeah. You know, that's a whole other conversation. I just quickly wanted to touch on that. Well, let's no, I understand. We got massive topics to talk about. Eric, did you have yeah, no, the, I, no, it's not a question. It's just from this point forward, listening to you, I'm in this big, I'm in why mode. I want to, I hear what you're saying and I understand, I even see what you're saying, China moving in here and all the, I'm in why is this happening mode? Why is Marxism well, being supplanted into the United States or socialism? I need to know why because well, nothing makes sense to Eric, me. Eric, that's a great point. Let's just do this. Let's we go with the flow, Patrick, as you can kind of tell. Yeah, let's I st- love that. Let's start with Ukraine, Russia, yes. and why we are now uh exposed and why uh, uh there's a lot of pressure on the Bidens and the Bidens family. Let's start right there. Great, great. So, you know, I'll just give you a little monologue and then we can go from there. Um so first question, isn't it ironic how these same folks are against 
quote unquote, the spread of communism, right? That's how they're selling it. It has to be. Yeah. But 55 years ago, they're against the war in Vietnam. Why were, why were we involved in the war? To stop the spread of communism. Okay. We did the same thing. We did the same thing around the same time in South America. McCarthyism. Over, McCarthyism. Yeah. Lucille right. Ball was a, a, a pariah. Remember that? That's right. Exactly. And I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Um, anyone who knows me knows I was against the war from the start. Two years ago, I remember I was following a feed on Facebook and everyone was, was oh, Putin's a nut and you got to stop Putin. And I had the complete opposite um, idea and I was ostracized, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, first of all, I'll simply say that Putin isn't crazy. Um, his mission, he, he wasn't looking to take over the world. OK, his mission was very specific. Um, I said, Ukraine cannot win this war. Um, and it would be smarter because Putin laid out a deal. Zelensky, you can keep your, your job. Everyone can keep their job. They just want a very specific and they've wanted that region for 2000 years. OK, so that's no news to anyone who follows that. And I said that Ukraine will not only suffer great casualties, but also the destruction of the country will be massive. And that's where we are now. Mm -hmm. Now, and, you know, all of that is happening now. Now, firstly, despite what the fake media tells you, the hit job media, Ukraine is demolished. All right. They have way more casualties than we're being told. Russia is and always has been in full control of that war. And I've always said that liberals have no substance, right? That their beliefs and their agendas are whatever's going to help them stay in power. And Zelensky's really an opportunist, mm. right? And they've sort of grabbed onto that. Russia right now occupies 25 to 30% of the country. Most importantly, they're sitting on, on top of all of Ukraine's industry, 90% of Ukraine's GDP. In other words, everything that produces income for Ukraine of any real significance mm -hmm. is under Russian control as we speak. Okay, I don't think a lot of people. And know what that. are those industries? Just to be uh, clear, it's uh, agriculture and what else? Yeah, a lot of minerals. A lot of minerals. Okay. Um, so understand that when Russia w went in to begin with, they went in with a relatively small force. They were just sort of testing the waters, and their goal wasn't to take over Eastern Europe. It was simply control that that region, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Russians thought by demonstrating seriousness, it would bring the U.S. to the negotiations table. That's what I was saying was the right thing to do. Don't even you know stop it before it, it gets bloody, and uh, and sit down with these guys because Putin is a, is a reasonable guy. Um, that's not what we're told, but he actually is. So um, when that didn't happen, you know they were shocked. So that's the time period when they actually started preparing for actual war, um, and you know they have. 100%, I mean, hundreds of thousands of troops in Beale, Russia, Western Russia, and, of course, southern Ukraine. Um, you know, and and what are, what are the Pentagon leaks? You know, you, you can discuss all you want about, you know, how did that person... First of all, everything is overclassified. Okay. And the people who have access to these documents don't shouldn't have that type of security. That's the first problem. But really... The big problem is what it revealed. There's three biggest things. And one of those things is the Pentagon admits that Ukraine can't win. Okay. So it's, a, it's a total, total. Well, uh, isn't that important by itself? Because don't you think the Pentagon should have get leaked that to the media and said, um, yeah, we don't see a way that these guys no, can actually Eric, win this no. war. No, 
No, they can't why would do you that. Say, why? I mean, is that a logical statement question well, to ask? Because then it's over. What's over? Our all the money, all the funding, all of the, there you go. All, of the all of the control. This is all about control. And you know, yeah. and Patrick, I've been talking about this f- since before the war, even the invasion even started well over two years because we know six months before this happened that it was going to happen. I've always taken the same stance as you and it's all about control. You know, Putin, he is a reasonable person. And what we've been fed here in the United States over decades Oh, since the Cold War, is just propaganda. It's all propaganda to control us. Okay. Putin has never been the bad guy. It, it has never. really, we are the bad guys. <laughs> and Eric, oh my God. And Eric, you know how I'm weird sorry. that sounds? Eric, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to come. But it's true. Oh, that is so odd sounding. And I apologize, Eric. These, I don't want to come across these, too hard. No. They are nefarious in a lot of ways, right? There's so no they, good they guys. They think twice to kill an enemy. So there, you know, there are some dark sides to these uh, dictators in these, you know, in these, in these, um, in certain countries, but for the most part, they're not as bad as they've been made out to be by the by the American press. Now, the other thing you want to touch on is why did we go? Why did we do this? Well, so what is it up to now? Two hundred billion that yeah. we funneled to to Ukraine. Not a dollar has been accounted for. And not only that, what did we find out in the Sam Bankman fried? Um, fraud case <laughs> that a lot oh, of that money from Ukraine was in that bank. Mm. So it's money know, laundering. It's money laundering. Exactly. You know, this Thank is the whole, the first. whole Ukraine that thing. That was a way to launder money to get their social agenda done. The you know how many, you know how many programs are being, are, are being funded by the U S right now, mm-hmm. all over the world, really the Greta Thunberg, you know, movement, um, all those kinds of things. Yeah. And we have no way to account for it. And we've been trying to get documentation to find out, like an, you know, like an accountant would, like itemized uh, records, and they won't provide them. Of course they won't. Yeah, it's and I think, Eric, you said something earlier. We all know why this is all happening. No, we don't because I Eric don't. doesn't. I have no idea because I and a lot I, of Americans I don't always get it. feel like our government yeah. is until it's not. I always feel like our government's on our side. Eric wants to our see everything. Is not this is like, like an 80s sitcom episode <laughs> yes, at the end of like the, the episode. Cosby show. Everything's good and yeah. nice and we know exactly why everything. Yeah, happened. yeah, I'm well, I'm naive, I guess. <laughs> Americans are idealists for the most part, right? Yeah. I'm not an idealist. I'm a realist. But so because of that, everyone wants to think that everything is great. My, my biggest, the folks I pick on the most on my podcast are folks who didn't necessarily like Biden, but voted because they didn't like Trump. Amen. I would say, I would say to them, grow up. Right. I mean, that's hard like to it. do. You know, we're all I think we're all fans of that mentality around here. But if you are a soccer mom from uh, Boston, it is hard to vote for someone that you feel is a misogynist and all this other stuff. When you have this little uh, this little leprechaun over here, that's that seems like he's kind of, you know, he's harmless. Just vote for him and let's move forward. So maybe this next election will be a little different. Don't will you? there be an election? Right, but I can. But you can. You could almost make a case why Biden got elected. You could no, you almost can't. make that case. No, yeah. I mean, it all kind of ties in, but not to get too far off that subject. Right. Uh, but I'll say one thing to you, Eric. As far as the example you use of Boston, yeah. you can't use Massachusetts because they're the most far left state. <laughs> So that's not a good example. Okay, <laughs> true. In the, the city that Aerosmith comes from, that's in, in the mid in the midterm elections. <laughs> I think they, they I think every uh, Democrat in Massachusetts literally blew out. 
the Republican opponents. It wasn't even close. Yeah, that's so th- that state is far left. You know, they can have it. Yeah. Um, but you know, you brought up um, if you guys. This this all ties together anyway, right? So I mean, do you have a do you have on in in your house or on your computer? Do you have a diagram of how all of this works? <laughs> because I would love to know how I, Eric, listen, everything. Steve, and I would I'm like right here on the show. I talk to you about this every. But you just confuse me every single day. And so day. now we bring on a guest right. who's telling you the same thing. Why don't you just listen to him? I understand that, but it's like, do you? Is there a diagram where all of the lights turn on at the same time? We're like, oh damn, now I get it because ah. because there is a case to be said the optics of Russia. Russia destroying apartment complexes in Ukraine. They're not. There are people that go, man, that's not that's cool. called propaganda. Okay, well, see, I didn't know that. Is that propaganda? Well, I don't know. Is it? Is it propaganda? Well, no, that Russia- but, but don't forget, they didn't want to go there. They, they, we, they had, they gave us every opportunity to not do what they had to do. That's okay, right. okay, every single opportunity. N- nothing really would have changed much for Ukraine. Zelensky would have kept his post. Everyone would have stayed put. Buildings would have been, you know, stayed upright. Uh, casualties. There's so, like I just mentioned, there are so many more Ukraine casualties than they're telling us that could have all been avoided, all been avoided. And so the heavy hand of a Donald shock to me that, the, the, that we the, didn't sit down with them and negotiate. The heavy hand of a Donald Trump was a good thing, and even Russia probably thought it was a good thing. He's like, of if course. you mess with us, we're going to destroy you, but. We won't make Ukraine a part of NATO. How's that sound? And then so, and so that's a major positive in in the situation that's they going on right now. They tried to do all this, and that's why we're in the situation now. Okay, Putin yeah. tried but, to negotiate all of these things, and in in Patrick, I try to explain to the, these guys, mainly Eric, these knuckleheads. That no, I didn't say that. <laughs> that that this it, war was going on long before Russia actually went into Ukraine. They'd been fighting for eight years. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, with a very small force, they were just trying to prove that they were serious about this finally. And, you know, and when did it happen? Under Trump? Mm-hmm. No, it happened when he went away. Right. right. Because he knows that it would have never happened. And Trump would have would have cut a deal with him that yeah. would have helped, you know, I mean, closing the pipeline. I mean, it just now we have a bigger problem with Germany, who's now sort of siding with Russia yeah. and, again, and Japan. Well, Patrick, how long are we going to be in Ukraine now? Well, you heard Biden a couple of weeks ago for as long as it takes. What does that even mean for as long as it takes? Destroy the whole country? Kill everyone? Hmm. I mean, there's no definitive answer. They don't have a the Biden administration has spent two hundred million billion dollars, B, billion with a B, yeah. and has no actual plan. No, there's no plan. How is that making and sense? national media does not call it out in any sense, and local media is is uneducated on the up. subject, yeah. which sucks. And of course, now you brought it up, Patrick, and I only kind of veer off to our next topic, which comes out of this. You bring up money, and now we have pushed China, we've pushed Russia together, and all these other countries. Oh yeah, let's totally screw the United States and crush that dollar. Mm. Yeah, that's my big. Yep, absolutely, Vic. Thank you for that question. I mean, that is absolutely my biggest uh, fear. So, so when this all happened, I said, "You remember right after, uh, right as Trump, right as the twenty election happened, right?" Um, I said, "Folks were getting back to work, and you know, I'm a Keynesian economic. I also studied economics in college." Okay. 
you know, too, excess, too much excess of M2, too much, too much money chasing too few goods. That's yeah. a very fundamental thing yep. that, that is just going to cause, uh, and inflation, inflation, rise, right? right? That, it's a very simple concept. Yeah. Okay. But right after the election, we were getting folks back to work and I thought, man, hopefully they don't keep, because <laughs> let's back up. When I said if Biden wins and they they have control of the House and the Senate, yeah. you will see a spending spree by this administration like never before right. for two years till the midterms. And that's exactly what they did. And the one that really set us off into this high inflation mess yeah. was that the, the billion, 1.2 trillion or billion, I, I can't even keep up yeah. anymore, right after he got inaugurated. <laughs> People were going back to work yeah. and he sent them all back home. Yeah. by paying them again and and right there and it, you know when you have these sort of uh, nefarious spending packages like this the effects will only should they're not real time right so they're like six months later and that's exactly if you do the math that's exactly you know it lines it all lines up now why we're struggling so much and the fact that we're no longer oil dependence uh, dependent i mean look a month ago, oil prices came down to sixty-five dollars a barrel. Okay, and then uh, and then Saudi Arabia announces a couple weeks ago that they're going to cut output. Right? Mm -hmm. What happens? Prices Oil's go up. Trading at eighty-two dollars a bottle. I mean, a, a, a barrel, and gas is back up to you know thirty thirty cents higher. Yeah. So it, it's all intended. Everything that this administration does is all deliberate. Because it goes back to the sort of uh, totalitarian Marxist um, way where the leaders and the government officials sit here and they want to. Th this administration is literally punishing the middle class. Yes, but why? Because they want to keep them down. Why? See, I, I'll just always go why. Always go why. Sustains their power. Yes. And I don't disagree with. I'm just. I'm literally on all of this stuff, and it, and you can even you can transition anything that you're talking about right now because you are an econo uh, economic uh, person. You could go to the border. Look at all the free labor coming over the border. Correct. I mean, I'm sure you stay up at night and free every. Of, and you could. That's I mean, the best thing that's coming out of the border. Yeah, but do you ever look at? the entire the totalitarian you have cities burning down you have Im illegal immigration all over the place you have ukraine like uh, tabitha always talks about you have europe that doesn't seem to even give a damn about the united states that much anymore you have saudi arabia who used to be our ally not so much anymore you have this brick stuff my question to you is like what keeps you up the most at night? Is it the is it our dollar? Obviously, that's a big one. But is it a? I mean, what is it that really keeps you up about what's going on in this country right now? Well, I'll say this right it, with Trump, and, and I'm not a Trump loyalist or absolutist. All right, we'll get into that. But you know, ask yourself: two years in, is your quality of life better with Biden than it was with Trump? Of course well, not. Trump, of course not. Right. So multiple tangible, palpable accomplishments. Sometimes multiple per day. Yeah. Inflation in check, oil independence, stock market and real estate market on fire, deregulation, bringing jobs back home mm -hmm. from overseas. Mm -hmm. And he did all of this without the cooperation of the Senate and Congress or media to get things done. Can you imagine 
can you imagine this? If the left was even had a, a smidgen of common sense, yeah. what he could have accomplished. Yeah. But now, to answer your question, every single day, I can't keep up. When I do, I do a weekly podcast. When I'm sort of doing an outline for the podcast, by the by the by day's end, yeah. there's four more topics that I could bring up. There's another so strategy. Instead of accomplishments, Biden is every single day there's another problem. So what keeps me up? I don't know. It depends what's going to come out. And there isn't that the strategy is you're not going to overwhelm something with a bucket of water, but an entire ocean of of news coming on top of you every single day. You just can't keep up with what the true overload. Yeah, but there's a true agenda inside of there somewhere. You know what I mean? And and it's it's cool for us to speculate. I want to know what that damn agenda is. First of all, Eric, most of the time we're not speculating. And and if we could actually listen to Patrick and what he has to say, you know, a lot of it is about the distribution of wealth. It's Mm. about that's what COVID was about. It was about taking money and giving it all, closing small businesses, bringing the middle class down into the lower class, taking all of that money and funneling it up to the top where they can just launder it back into their own pockets. Wouldn't you like to have a document? I'll tell you a quick story about AOC. So the first year that she got, well, remember when she was campaigning, she said, I think it's, no, I think in three more years, the world's going to just explode. Sure. According to AOC. We got 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So AOC, um, her, her district, she covers, she represents Queens and Brooklyn. Okay. Very, very, you know, a lot of sections. I know mm-hmm. I'm a New Yorker. I love New York. I mm-hmm. love Latin. I'm not racist. I love it. I love New York for that reason. It's a melting pot. And, and Queens and, and Brooklyn are a true melting pot. I mean, just every race, right? Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. So, but, you know, there, it's sort of a, it's sort of a uh, historically been sort of a suppressed area. Not, you know, not a lot of wealth in, in those areas. So uh, Amazon, during her first year in office, said that they were going to build a, a huge. Uh, Amazon, yep. Yeah, distribution Amazon, right, right in her district, yep. right in Queens, in her district. It was going to employ thousands of jobs, you know, jobs that were paying upward to 150 grand. And Amazon's, you know, idea was that they were going to employ the folks in the community. That was the goal. Yep. And she shut it down. She shut it down. I went to one of her. Uh, um, she does those town halls. And she did one in August, and I just happened to be in New York for something, and I went to it, yeah. and I recorded it. I did a podcast on it, mm-hmm. not live podcast, but I, w- I was in the back. It was very hostile. Yeah. And all these people, it always want, it always confuses me. How are the like Adam Schiff, how are these people getting voted in? Good question. You know, they're pre- everything they do is predicated on lies. Yeah. And they still get voted in. I don't get it. I don't know. You know, I'm not a conspiracy person if it's voter fraud or what, but I I just don't understand how they keep failing their constituents and they keep getting voted. Because the ideologues, the ideologues love going to vote, I guess. But it seems like there would be a lot less of those than there actually are. Um, So so that was an example of, of, you know, uh, uh, a tangible example of how these people are operating. No, they don't want to. They don't actually want to look. Donald Trump, and aside from a few other people in Congress, he's the only guy who actually rolls up his sleeves and his works on behalf of the country. I know that sounds silly and cliche. It's absolutely 100% correct. I mean, he is literally staying up at night worried about you. And, And 
and let's let's get into the Trump thing because I want to. I think the three biggest lies you mentioned it, Eric, earlier is about three biggest lies about Trump is that he's a racist, mm-hmm. he's a misogynist, and he hates gays, LGBTQ, right. and that he was criminally unsuccessful at his businesses. So, if I may, I want to give you three short anecdotes that will debunk all of that that you'll never hear from the left. From the left, okay? Yeah. Um, now. Let's cover racist. So, you know, everything you know about Trump is predicated on lies and perpetrated by the left's, you know, the, the fake fake news media. So let's let's cover racist. All right. Now, in the 1970s, when he was coming up, New York City, New York City was much like it is now. A lot of crime. Nobody took the subway. Very depressing and dark city. Uh, it was run by, you know, far left morons, if you will. Yeah. Um, and like now, a lot of police officers were leaving, either just quitting or taking early retirement. And this is right after he had done the Commodore Hotel, mm-hmm. which was his first big project. And now he's got a few bucks. He's got to play the role. So instead of driving himself everywhere in his brand new convertible uh Cadillac right. with, with license plates that said DJT. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he, he gets a limo and he now has a driver and has had the same guy forever. Yeah. He's black. He's a yeah. black guy. Yeah. You know, they had long, long line of interviews and he chose him and he's been with them ever yeah. since. Right. Is that because Donald Trump hates black people? Right. You know, he's probably very nice to him. He's probably made a lot of money with Donald. And, you know, the majority of his employees or minority. I bet you if you if you did a if you did some research on it, I bet you sixty percent of his employees are minority. I think they did do Well, I, I did my own research a couple of years ago. Yeah. That is absolutely correct. And there are many of his employees that have spoken out in his, in his favor. favor. Yep. And absolutely. they talked about correct. all of the wonderful things he's done from them, anywhere from paying for their health care if so if they had something like cancer diagnosis or yeah. had a child that needed surgery. He has done so much for so many people. You know, I think all of us on this show, you know, he's he's not a perfect person. But he is the best thing that could have happened to this country because he ran it like a business and not like a politician. Absolutely. And look at 40 Wall Street. I know you're very familiar with 40 Wall Street. Yeah. But here's but I want to touch on one thing that you said is, yeah, I mean, and here's the other thing, guys, that everyone forgets. This was one of his most the major accomplishment that every president before him ran on. What was by declaring Jerusalem Israel's capital? Every because it was the right right. thing to do for Israel, which we have a great uh, partnership with and always have. Yeah, it was the right thing to do. Every president campaigned on it because it was a a good soundbite. He's the only one who did that. Yeah. And as we know, his son-in-law is Jerry Kushner, who's, who's, uh, you know, who's a Jewish guy from Brooklyn. Yeah. Now. So that's that's just a couple examples on why he's not a racist or shows he's not a racist. Anti-gay LGBTQ. Do you guys know there are two people that were very important in Donald Trump's life and sort of shaped him? One was his father, Fred. Right. Fred was a very hard guy, absolute misogynist, absolutely racist, very successful in business. Yeah. Okay, but he took a lot away from from his father but but not you know the the 
the bad things, if you will. Okay. Okay. Now the other person, you know, Fred, Fred, what Fred ran his household very transactionally. You know, he wasn't, although Donald was a good athlete and actually a good baseball player, he wasn't teaching Donald how to throw a curveball in the backyard right. on Saturday. Right. right. So the other person that was really important to Donald Trump is a guy named Roy Cohn. Okay. Roy Cohn was arguably the biggest, uh, most powerful fixer, lawyer in New York in the 20th century. All right. He met him randomly at uh, a club that was very famous back then called the Luck Club which was um, sort of more for New York's elite. And Donald right, very early talked him way, talked himself into getting a membership for that. Used to, used to tell people to play himself off as a millionaire playboy. Um, and who could argue? You know, the guy was a presence, right? Yeah. But uh, Roy Cohn came to prominence or fame he was at lead counsel for the Joe McCarthy hearings, Senator for Wisconsin. When do you guys know anything about that? But that history, Joe McCarthy. Oh, the the, the old McCarthy um, trials. Hearings, when, yeah, yeah. So Joe McCarthy was claiming that there were hundreds of communists working in our government. Correct, yeah. correct. So Roy Cohn, who was 26 years old at the time, but if you saw pictures, he looked 15. Mm-hmm. Was lead counsel. Now, um, they ended up losing ultimately losing that crusade. Um, but he went back to, Roy went back to New York and played that as a win. Because before social media, Roy Cohn knew the power of a headline and how a headline can drive a narrative. Right. He was always talking to the press, always. And, you know, Trump met him and they became very, very close, very close, became a mentor to Donald. It was about a two, 10-year relationship and when you see Donald hitting back at people and you say, you know, there's one thing I agree with about Donald. I don't disagree that he shouldn't hit back. I disagree that he sometimes stays on something too long. Like, yes. Move on, man. Well, I, I, I think, I mean, it, we're, since we're at this point in the conversation, a person yeah. like myself, I don't want to see a damn DeSantis ad about him eating pudding, okay? And we'll it's like, it's like, that. don't fire inside of the tent was a big Reagan yeah. thing. And that was a good principle to live by. So I'm tired of that, to be honest with you. And yeah, uh, I'll, I'll give you my whole take on that. So, so real quick to finish up Roy Cohn. So, so a lot of what Donald does is Roy Cohn. When you yeah. see him, a perfect example of what Donald Trump taking a play out of the Roy Cohn playbook is his $500 million suit against Cohen the day he got back after the indictment. That's a, that's a play out of Roy Cohn. Sue him back even harder because it's going to do two things. If you're, if you're, if you're dead guilty, then it'll help you settle for less than the actual suit was for. Okay. But it also gives the public some doubt. Oh, now he's suing Michael Cohen. Why would he do that? Why would anyone accept a lawsuit against Michael Cohen? So it starts, you know, have, getting people to start questioning, you know, on Donald's side. Right. That's on. That's all Roy Cohen. When you see him, because Roy believed that if there's something, if somebody says something that's ne- that's not true, false about you, and you let it lie, especially in today's world with social media, that is what's going to. Resonate that might be both. changing because there's a lot of stuff coming out on a lot of people that doesn't seem to affect anybody anymore. It's almost like it's almost like the nature of this short attention span theater doesn't really affect any of these politicians that much. I know. It's amazing. You're, you're absolutely right. Now, my point about Roy Cohn, he was gay. 
Hmm. It was very, very gay. And Donald Trump definitely spent a lot of one-on-one time with him. And that says two things. Roy was very professional. Everyone in his inner circle knew he was gay. Mm -hmm. The, The public didn't know he was gay. But everyone in the circle did. But he never tried to pass his sexuality on to his clients. A very professional guy. But Donald knew it. And Donald would have spent a lot of one-on-one time with, with Roy, okay. knowing that he was gay. So my point is this. He's not homophobic. Not only is he not gay, that was never the question. Trust me, if you were hanging out at the club in 1975 yeah. and Donald was there, he would prove quickly he wasn't gay. Yeah. But, but if he was homophobic... Right. He would have a hard time. He, that would always be in his mind. Is Roy going to make a pass? <laughs> and it never was. It never was. The last thing I want to say about misogyny. When he completed the Commodore Hotel. One of the women, there was a woman that worked for the construction company that he noticed was always speaking up in the meetings and was right. She was always making the most sense. So after that project was finished, about a month later, he's working on getting the green light for um, the Benoit Teller building, which became Trump Tower. Mm-hmm. And he's at, a, uh, he's at a fundraiser, and he sees Barbara, her name's Barbara Rez, with her husband. So, you know, very Donald Trump-like, he walks over the table, politely, kindly introduces himself to her husband, and turns to Barbara and says, you're going to be my head contractor on Trump Tower, yeah. and, I'm double, and I'm going to double your salary to do it. So they kind of laugh it off. Next morning, 8 o'clock, Courier walks in her office with a contract doubling her, her salary. This was, this was unheard of. To put a woman in charge of building a skyscraper had never been done. Right. Not only that, Fred, who was always involved, that drove him nuts. And I think that's part of why he did it. Because he wasn't, in a lot of ways, he wasn't like Fred. Yeah. And he wanted to prove that. And he drove Barbara crazy for six months while he built that thing. But Donald stayed with her. He's been with, she's been with him for 30 years, made her tons of money. And she's a Latino woman, isn't that correct? No, not, no, not oh, Barbara. Oh, I thought she was. No. I thought she was a Latino or Hispanic. Um, perhaps. I don't think she looks that. It, again, it doesn't matter what color, whatever she is. She's a great human being. She loves Donald Trump. She gave, He gave her a once-in-a-lifetime. I mean, the city, when this happened, w- went crazy over it. It was front-page news. Right. The woman's going to build a skyscraper. And he stuck with her. And he's know, been he well-known for, right, for that. Absolutely. Hey, Patrick, we, we got and, about... And the other thing about uh, one to, pr- to disprove he's a misogynist. So early on, when he built the two casinos, Trump Castle and Trump Plaza in New, in New Jersey, those were actually very well-run. And... Trump Castle did a little bit better than Plaza. And who ran that one? Ivana, his first wife. Mm. He didn't know anything. You, know, you have to understand, these are extremely, extremely important product projects for Donald Trump's image. Image, which he cares very much about. Yeah. And to put women in charge of these things, it's under... It behooves me and it angers me when, when you hear the fake media making these stories up to to prove he's a messiah when they don't know that the real donald trump you know, yeah they just don't know him and you know i i could go on and um, but, it, on, but, but his but patrick the, we got about two minutes uh, a variety of reasons we're gonna have to end the podcast in about two minutes 
Okay. And, and we'll have you back on. I mean, I didn't know if you had any final thoughts. I know Eric was getting ready. To well, no, I think that you can editorialize now of why Donald Trump should be the president of the United States. Period. Discussion over. Best coach. Lou Pinello was just this abrasive dude up in Seattle, Washington. But he, but arguably, he did a great job managing the Mariners. And that's the same thing is, unfortunately, when you're voting for a president, there's this little thing called decorum that we're always trying to get out of our presidents. And to be honest with you, he just has none. He has zero decorum. But maybe we're at a point of our career in this in this country where Tabitha's right. We just need to vote him back in. And women of the women who will basically hold the power in this next election cycle, they got to hold their nose, vote them in, and so they can get the lifestyle back that they want to. Would you say that that's where we're at in this country's history right now? Absolutely. And I'll say this. So right after he got, um, after the Mar-a-Lago disaster, I did a podcast and said, look, you know, all these things, Ukraine, all, all of impeachments, all these things are trying to tear him down with. Um, it, they're not his fault. But I think it is so imperative that we win in 24. Okay. I think it would have been better for him because it's a distraction. Mm-hmm. Right? Every single time, day you're on the front page, it's Trump, Trump, Trump. And I think people were just, again, I think performance-wise, he's the best president we've ever had. But it, it was becoming a distraction. So I said he should step away and give, make room for DeSantis. Yep. Or, and everyone laughed at me with this, and, and, and you know, it took months for people to, to see this. I think the best plan, and I think this even more so now, was for Trump to put DeSantis on the ticket because it is so imperative that we win in 24. Why are we going to spend 18 months beating each, beating each other up when we should be unifying two heads are better than one? And I said DeSantis was in a tough position if he wanted to run against Trump because he's not he can't criticize him on his policies. And he can't criticize him personally because he'll lose Trump's base. But it, but it can't right? happen, Patrick, because one of them would have to move to another state or claim residency in that's another easy. state. That's that's easy. That's an easy. Fix. They say well, they say it's yeah. easy, but but Just Trump, go buy an apartment in Atlanta. Done. Well, but, yes, but and that's what is, some people say, but it, I don't know if it's and DeSantis will not do that because he's a well, he's type governor, A personality. He he's had he, he's had too much but, success, and but think about we're not going to have time to get this. into it so, all now. But think about this: he go he. He joins Trump. Four years. Trump does a good job. Four years is a shoe in for a presidency. And then he has potential to be there for eight years. Yeah. I just don't like the fact that we're gonna they're gonna beat up on each other when we should be focusing well. on how to beat the Democrats, because the Democrats are smart, vicious. And they know how to win elections. And they're already going right, at each right, other. Patrick. Patrick, hey, we'll get you back on here soon, my friend. I'd Guys, love to continue talking to you. It. But we, I mean, there's a variety of reasons. We got to get out of here right now. That's yeah, awesome. Uh, Patrick, I love you, dude. I appreciate it. I'm glad we had a chance to meet. We'll get you back on soon. Hell, maybe we'll do a segment just on DeSantis Trump uh, next that. week. We could or do the a lot of segments. Day. We could do a segment <laughs> on what it's like to work on the New York Stock Exchange. That That's I would love to hear about Boom. that. Boom. All right, Patrick, I'll be in touch. Guys, thanks a lot. It thanks, was man. A lot of Thank fun. you, Patrick. All right, Cheers. guys. Thanks for joining us for Cancel This Show today. For Scotty Gherkin, Lizzie Sparks, mm-hmm. Eric Johnson, Tab the Hassle, I'm Vic Faust. Guys, tomorrow we will focus on NFTs. We've also got a couple other surprises as well. We'll get into it. Thanks for joining us. Like, subscribe, and share the show.